Intercontinental Champion, the Dirty Dog Darcy. Oh, I mean, Devil Throws Beverly Hills. Beverly, congratulations on your new win. Ah, ain't that great? It's the next part of the 2015 Beverly Hills Nationwide Tour. Now I got the title and I'm going straight to Pamela Anderson's room. Woo! From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Bastry, Minnesota, moved all over. Main, event, status, radio, with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills. I know who I know, and the dirty dog dirty. Welcome, everybody, to Tampa, Florida. Welcome, everybody, to the University of South Florida's Sun Dome. Welcome, everybody, to Main Event Status Radio. I am the Dirty Doc McMahon. Joining me is Beverly the Burger King Hills. <laughs> Had some Burger King recently. That's, that's about as close as I get to that. <laughs> How you doing, Dirty Dog? Oh, it's another day. I am happy. We finally figured out this technology thing now. Oh, my gosh. All on my end. Lots of failures on the, on the Beverly Hills end. <laughs> Plugging things in while Spike, Skype's going. At least That's we all my got fault. These, at least we got things figured out. At least we're uh, chatting, chatting, and all that funky <laughs> like a monkey stuff. We're in the danger zone. So, Beverly, this is week four of our series to WrestleMania 11. I'm so excited. This yeah. is, it's a great series. We are here down in Tampa, Florida, checking out the University of South Florida. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. I am down here to uh, check out the possibility of getting my PhD in philosophy. The, philos- the philosophy department, yeah. Yes. I don't know what kind of philosophy department they have in South Florida. Well, but that's why that's why we're down here for me to check it out, Beverly. <laughs> well, if you have enough money to crisscross the country just looking at philosophy departments, you are. I think you should just go straight into it because you have more money than I do. That's for darn sure. That's what happens when I have money motivation. <laughs> yes. Classic. That's so, a classic dirty dog line right there. So we are covering for our first Royal Rumble review here on Main Event Status Radio. We are covering the Royal Rumble 1995 Beverly Hills. I'm so excited. What was your thoughts when, before we decided on this series, what was your thoughts on me saying I wanted to review this Royal Rumble? So, um, 1995's always been kind of like a quirky rumble to me, one that I always like find myself watching. I think this, this and 1992 are probably the rumbles that I've watched the most, like, in time, because, uh, you know, it's just so weird. You have, like, kind of a funky... Um, grouping of people you have uh you know the one minute time frame and all that stuff so uh yeah i i was i was pumped because it's a very uh you know interesting one to me so i know we'll definitely be talking about it too but out of this time frame with three out of the five matches that we saw i thought they were pretty decent they were average or better than average i'd go with that which which I very enjoyed like like you said that you know this 
you know, also I've noted before that I'm a big Shawn Michaels fan, and this is one. Yeah, I mentioned before that this was one of the rumbles that I used to rent on VHS all the time that hooked me as a fan of a pro wrestling, and we'll be discussing that here when we go into the review, but. Yeah, just a quick intervals. You know, I don't think they've even came close to that since. I think the well, the, the, they've done nine. They've done ninety not, seconds before, roughly ninety since seconds. Then. Yeah, well, roughly right. ninety seconds, but uh huh, yeah. But they don't seem that those rumbles don't seem like they go as quick as this rumble, though. Oh yeah, this one. This one was speedy. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, because I know, yeah, like you said that you know this and the ninety-two rumble are probably the Two rumbles, maybe the 2000 rumble as well for me. Those three rumbles are rumbles I used to rent all the time, and all that fun stuff. So yeah, for sure, but for be- sure. I I feel like I just side note the one that I always ended up renting was WrestleMania 12. I saw I've seen that a thousand times on VHS. I think I only saw that once, Beverly Hills. That one, I that was. I see. I feel like was the one that got rented a ton by me. There's a chance that we might be doing that next year, Beverly Hills. Yeah, maybe. Why not? Why not? All right. So. so before we take a break and get into this, I did some dirty research again, Beverly Hills. Yes, I love the dirty research. And before I can do my dirty research, it's a, it's a highlight of the week for me. I'll like to read the what the WWE Network said for this description for this pay per view. Lux Luger, British Bulldog, and more battle in the Royal Rumble match with the winner advancing at WrestleMania for a WWE title match. (laughs) Yes, that is what happened. Yes, totally. And for my (laughs) dirty research, I found out what their dark match was on this uh, this edition of the Royal Rumble Beverly Hills. I I saw it too, and if I were at at this Royal Rumble and this were the dark match, I'd go, oh no, what what are we in store for if this is something they're putting out? Go for it. Buck Quartermain (laughs) defeated the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh my god, just like I said, I'd be like, oh no, is this what we're what we're doing right now? I got excited when I saw Buck Quartermain because I didn't think he would ever make another appearance on the podcast, to be honest. <laughs> Quartermain. So I was excited to see that he had a dark match, so I had to write write it down that he was in a dark match for, for this night. <laughs> so we might as well take a quick break where we can catch our breath we need five seconds we'll be right back for our review of the royal rumble 1995 let's do it promotional consideration paid for by the following after a hard night's work of back-breaking labor the first thing i grab out of the fridge is an ice cold can a mellow yellow this 12 ounce can of love cools me right off and mellows me down after a long night of stacking boxes perfectly. You want to cool off for a hard day's work or be mellow like me, a dirty dog Darcy of Main Event Status Radio? Grab a can of mellow yellow, crack it open, and stay classy. In trying to make an artistic statement, one should be careful not to let one's personal aroma do the talking. In order not to offend the critics, I recommend Right Guard Sports Stick. It provides maximum protection and the freshest scents, a sublime palette of odoriferous emanations. After all, a true artiste should be remembered for his inspiration, not his perspiration. Right Guard Sports Stick. Anything less would be uncivilized. 
And welcome back, and we're ready to roll. We got our Buck Quarter main Brooklyn Brawler match, and the Bucks were ready to start this pay-per-view, and we're ready to get it off right. So the show opens up with a limo pulling in, and a bunch of wrestlers are excited Beverly Hills, doing some ow, 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 ow. <laughs> and Pamela Anderson comes out of her limo, walks to her dressing room, which is right by the the, uh, the, gar- the, the garage. Yeah. Uh, and it was led, that group of goofs and dweebs was read, was led by Dink. It's kind of weird that was the one they chose to to put everybody out there. I am su- I am surprised you did not put in your notes that Dan welcomed her in. Who's Dan? Doink the clone. Oh, why do you call him Dan? Because uh, in your <laughs> in your notes that you put in Doink is in autocorrected Dan. <laughs> I got some more autocorrect. My autocorrect is ridiculous. It always, uh, whenever I try to write suplex, writes duplex. That's funny. So, so it has nothing to do with the two-level home. <laughs> yes, yes. That, uh, do, uh, Dink is a walking uh, Pamela Anderson to the Royal Rumble. With we, Mabel right behind. I've hour her, I'd turn right around. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I, I would, too. Then we go to the Royal Rumble intro video and theme song, some beach theme. And Vince McMahon welcomes us to the pay-per-view, the campus of South Florida. Jerry Lawler's with them, and they run down the matches for the pay-per-view. Beverly, what is your thoughts on how the arena looked? Uh, I thought it looked fine. It looked fairly full. The reports say that only 10,000 were there, but I don't know how much the Sun Dome holds. So. Yeah, that's what I wrote down, too. The attendance was 10,000, but I guess during this time, I really liked how... They had the entrance ramp, you know, coming right straight at the corner of the ring. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, I like that, and then the short ramp and the fans being on four sides of the ring instead of how they have it nowadays. That the ramp goes right straight to the side of the ring, and it's only like three to half sides of the ring, or the fans are around. Sure, but I guess I I really like that a lot. Yeah, and before we get into the first match, looks like it's sorry, sorry. Looks like it's mostly full because the capacity is only ten thousand four eleven. So okay, so pretty, so pretty close, son. Yep, yep. So uh, just because of what we're reviewing, Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh God, you got a silo of code red. Yes. <laughs> Golly! I instead of getting bringing in like a bunch of cans of Melio Beverly Hills, I just thought I'll get one. 24-ounce can of Mountain Dew Code Red. God, it's like a super silo because it's not even a 16-ounce, it's a 24-ounce. What can I say, Beverly Hills? Awesome. So, the first opening match on the pay-per-view is for the Intercontinental Championship. The challenger, Jeff Jarrett, with his roadie against the champion, Razor Ramon. I love the roadie. Yes. I do too, Beverly Hills. Because, again, he's doing the... Uh, mic check. He did mic check. He's, like, running microphone cords. He's making sure that people, you know, aren't touching him. Oh, I just love it. What's your thoughts on the half-white, half-black polka-dotted nipple cage tights that Jeff Jarrett was wearing. <laughs> it, you know, it is what it is. 
I it's it's one of his crazier ones. It's not my favorite one. My favorite one is the um uh the red velvet one. Fair enough, because I like the red velvet one, and I also like the one that he had on this pay per view. Yeah, the polka dot one. At least yeah, it was, it's a good one. At least it was different from what the other ones that he had. Sure. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I uh, just yeah, wanted to mention that I love uh, Jarrett's light up jacket and glasses, and I love his tights for the night. Right. Well, not so much the nipple cage part, but <laughs> I, I, I like the pattern. Then uh, when Ra- I, I noted that yeah, when Razor's theme hit, the fans seemed to pop for him. Yeah, it did. I I wonder if it's just because the last per- person they saw out there was a Brooklyn Brawler and like uh, Buck, Buck Quarterman. Quarterman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then uh, while they're pointing out that Razor is a two-time Intercontinental Champion. Yep. And I noted that Razor's tights are gold on gold. Oh, yeah, yellow and yellow and more yellow. Yes, which I thought was an interesting choice of colors, especially comparing <laughs> it to Jeff Jarrett's tights. Yeah, he looked like he was covered in mustard. Just like The Undertaker a few years back. <laughs> yes, sir. When he got burnt. That, oh, yes. man. Dude, should we, I feel like we should just share that moment yeah, because like, we're, ta- I, we're talking mustard and we got to tell like, Since I brought it up, that uh, a few years back, when, uh, what was it? I think WrestleMania 26, that uh, Undertaker was a world heavyweight champion going into the Elimination <laughs> Chamber pay-per-view. And that was the infamous time when he got blown up by his... Or burnt by his pyro. Right, and I did not watch that pay-per-view, well, and I, I hadn't read any reports about it. Well, I, I read the reports about it, you know, that Monday. And I, it's either that Monday night or the Tuesday night, well, Chris Jericho won the Elimination Chamber and won the World Title to go into WrestleMania right. 26 a champion. But, yeah, I, remember, I think it was either that, that Monday or that Tuesday. Yeah, this would have been the semester after you moved home. Yeah, that yep. Monday or Tuesday, you text me, ask me, what's <laughs> up with that mustard on Undertaker's face? <laughs> I saw it, yeah, I just had flipped to Raw, and I texted you right away, and I go, does Undertaker have mustard on his face? What's going on? Y'all, if, y'all, if you want to saw my face, Beverly Hills, I, I was stunned at that at that text. Like, did he know what happened to him last night? No, not a clue. I thought he had stumbled out after eating a hot dog. So ever since then, yeah, you and I were doing jokes about Undertaker eating a hot dog. Then, it's, he hears, <laughs> then he hears that dong. He's like, oh, crap. They're hurting stuff. The, must, the mustard-covered hot dog in his mouth. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, yeah. Like I was saying that, you know, the, I like uh, Jeff Jarrett's and Razor Ramon's color scheme for the night. And I noted that Tim White is a referee for the match. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to give, let you give a t- get a chance to uh, take a sip of your Diet Mountain Dew... I noted that the right hand of Razor Ramon was awesome at the start of the match. Yeah, well, he he throws some really nice punches, um, just and just in general. And uh, then he he follows up with a, a slam, and that throws uh, that sends J, Double J out to the outside to freshen up with a towel uh, from his main man, the roadie. Um, once he gets back in, he is able to knock down Razor and struts about it. What's your opinion on the double J strut? I, back at that time, I thought he was ripping off Ric Flair. (laughs) And now knowing about it, that they're ripping off Jackie Fargo. That they all are, yeah. yeah, But I thought Jeff Jarrett's strut was probably one of the better 
copies of Jackie Fargo. Sure. I do feel like a lot of what Jared's doing, though, is like a dig at Flair, like from doing the strut to even when McMahon talks about the figure four and he has to be like, originated by Buddy Rogers. That's Buddy Rogers who originated it. <laughs> you know, he's very clear to say that. Well, we talk about the, the strut and, you know, I guess Jeff Jarrett being a knockoff of Ric Flair. What's your thoughts on the Razor Moan chokeslam? I guess I didn't even take note. Well, I guess the next one of my notes is that, yeah, after the right hand punch, my next note was uh, he hit a chokeslam. Huh? I must have just thought it was a regular slam. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was kind of like, I saw it as kind of like a almost rock bottomy yeah. type move. So that's why, yeah, right. I know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, because yeah, his him. he does actually hold the person up, then drop him. He just, yeah, like you said, it kind of looks like a rock, uh, a rock bottom choke slam combination. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fine. Okay. Well, then the, yeah. well I, guess, I guess I just thought it was interesting that Ray. Razor, I guess, never really was credited to bringing the chokeslam to national TV. <laughs> well, Undertaker's using it. He's using it on this show. So. Okay, well, I guess that the chokeslam wasn't named yet when they were using that. Correct. Anyway, I can, sorry for the interruption, Beverly Hills. Yeah, no, no problem, man. That's why you're there. So, yeah. <laughs> so the middle is a lot of kind of chain moves going back and forth with the uh, go behinds and, and arm bars and stuff like that. Um, I did take note of Double J putting three uh, really nice looking drop kicks together with a flying clothesline, but only for a two count. Two. Um, <laughs> Jared tried to pin Razor with his feet on the ropes like four times, and then finally Tim White noticed and has none of it. Uh, they went outside and uh, Razor wrecked uh, Jeff Jarrett's nuts on the ring post, um, and then followed. That would hurt. <laughs> yeah, the way, especially the way he did it. He just like <sighs> pulled him against yes. it. Well, think think um, yeah. of it. Talk about you know the nut shot and all that. I can't remember. Oh, this is probably right around the time that I noted. I was wondering why Tim White was cutting Jeff Jarrett out when he was drinking water. When he's in the rain drinking water. Oh, okay. Hey, don't you don't mess around with Tim White. He doesn't take any of the shenanigans. He doesn't take you getting hurt outside. He doesn't take you drinking water in the rig. All right. I I <laughs> guess that Jeff Jarrett, please put your water down. We do not want Tim White to go suicidal on us. Oh God. Oh Lord. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> So Jared throws Razor outside. Um, as he as he falls uh, from the throw, he uh, hurts his knee, and then it's followed up by a cool looking clip, kind of out of nowhere, by my man the roadie, and uh, that leads to a count out. So the match is over. Razor retains his title, right? And yeah, Jeff Jarrett wins by count out. Then Double J grabs a mic and he says, "I didn't come here to get my hand raised." I came here to take the Intercontinental title uh, from around the, your waist, Razor Ramon. He ain't a Chico. He's a chicken. 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 It was like he's trying to start a, a chant, but the crowd isn't going to chant chicken at 
their favorite. It was very odd to me when he was going, check it, check it. Yeah, he calls Razor <laughs> a coward and wants to restart the match. I wanted to ask, isn't that a face move? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah, usually. But I mean, also, the circumstances are a little different because, Fair like, Razor's hurt. Yeah. So he's so then he's kind of seen as the person who like he didn't try to get himself counted out. Like I think that that is where it it's flipped. Like he's hurt, so yeah, okay, yeah. He's seen as like being the courageous one by wanting to come back in. Now maybe he probably should have been the one to cut the promo and been like, you know, I don't want to keep my title like this. I want to win it in the ring or like retain it in the ring or whatever. Yeah. That would have made it a little bit better, but I totally see where you're coming from. You're like definitely correct on that one. Yeah, at least wanted to restart restart the match. I not wanted to win the win the match by a count out, but Yeah, right. Yeah, that would have been that would have been better in hindsight. Yeah, like you said, uh Jeff Jarrett called the Razor Mona chicken and says he has a yellow streak down his back. No, Jeff Jarrett, that isn't a yellow streak on his back. That is yellow on his tights. It's mustard. Yes, he has mustard on his tights, Jeff Jarrett. And, <laughs> and Razor Ramon looks back to the ring to restart the match. You got it. Right away, they start working on his knee. Um, he, he's doing everything. Uh, and that. And then, he, then he locks in the figure four, finally. Um Works that for a really long time, but uh, Razor's able to finally fight out. He sets Jared up for a kind of cool back superplex, which you don't see a lot, and uh, that gets a two. Um, he, he gets up. He signals for the Razor's edge. Yeah, gets Jared up on his back. Then his leg gave out. Then Jared was able to roll. Yeah, small packaging for the win. Yep, we have a new champ. So the winner for the second time tonight, Beverly Hills, <laughs> yeah. is Jeff Jarrett, our new Intercontinental Champion. You got it. Norway, I rate my matches first, but Beverly, I want to get your rating first. Okay, my rating for this match is two and one quarter star. I thought it was boring for the most part, but it did have some cool work, and it was crisp uh, for what it had. What's your rating? I You're gonna go high. Sad Beverly Hills. <laughs> Why? Let me let me rate my ding bell to tell you how many star rating I gave this match. Oh God. Four stars, Beverly oh Hills. Oh my God! Four stars. Four stars. Are you joking? I thought this match was a beautiful match, Beverly Hills. <laughs> wow. Razor sold the match. And so the leg after being counted out, I felt like the figure four and the chop blocks softened Razor's leg. And, yeah, when he went up for the edge, Razor's leg gave out, letting Jeff Jarrett small package him for the victory. And I felt like this match helped build up Jeff Jarrett. I had to give the credit to Razor Ramon. Wow. Well, to each their own, my friend. <laughs> to each their own. I am happy I had you uh, rate this match before me, Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah, well, I have raised for all of them, so I can go first this time. Yeah, yeah. Then the vent man sends us backstage to Stephanie Wyand for the for an interview. Before we uh, go more, who is Stephanie Wyand, Beverly Hills? Oh God, I to be honest, I have no clue. <laughs> okay, I wanted to ask because I didn't know who she was either. <laughs> I don't remember really that many other pay per views she was on. 
Yeah. So then yeah, she said she, she was around ninety five, early into nineteen ninety six, okay. but not too, not too much, much. Yeah. Uh, after that. Yeah. Then she said she was waiting around for the new Intercontinental Champion Razor Ramon, so she sent it to Todd because uh, Razor Ramon hasn't shown up yet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I mean Jeff Jarrett. Sorry about that. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I pull the Steffi Wine stunt. And Todd Pettengill is in Pamela Anderson's dressing room, <laughs> and she has a lot of gifts from different superstars. Todd falls. <laughs> You're funny. What did you think of? What did you think about the gifts? Bulldog. The picture of Shawn Michaels. It's from the Head Shrinkers. And yeah. was that pineapple, right? Yeah. Then the, <laughs> the picture of Shawn Michaels from Shawn Michaels. Yes. That yeah. that was clever. I like that. A yes. pink bank from the Henry Godwin. Yeah, then uh, he was asked about where the the horseshoe rose that he gave her, and she could couldn't find it, which made me laugh. And there's a bunch of flowers around, roses around anyway. Yeah, right. What? Well, she could have just been like, "This is the one for you." <laughs> yes. And they were yeah. like, "Get out of my room." Yeah, Todd, Todd, Todd falls all over her and sends it back to Stephanie. Then I, I did a quote down what Stephanie said. I'm here with the new Intercontinental Champion, Razor Ramon. Oh, I mean, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I had to read my Dean Bell at Stephanie Wyand. <laughs> she deserves it. Yes. The Double J says he's super excited to win the Intercontinental title. And him winning puts over how much the title meant to him. Oh, oh, him winning and putting over the title shows how much the title meant back then. Yes. Which I which I very liked, really right. liked. Right on. Then Stephanie sends it back to the Vin Man, and uh, Lala, uh, the Vin Man and Lala talk about how Ra- about Razor losing and introduces the next match. You got it. Next match, we which got the tax sheet himself, Erin R. Shyster, <laughs> with the Million Dollar Man taking on the Undertaker, with Paul Bear. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought he, it sounded like he was singing yeah. for a while. Because yeah. I think he was singing like Irwin, Irwin, but it, you could kind of not hear him. So it's just like, oh, Irwin, Irwin. <laughs> yes. Oh, I take note that the giant urn is back, but yes. now it's gold. It was like blue on Monday. Now it's gold, but it's it, still, it I gold? thought it was blue. It was gold. Oh, at least in the promo, uh, promo was cool. Oh, I yeah. thought it was like like ceramic on Monday, and it was like blue, like kind of blue and white. But I could be wrong. I could be thinking of a different urn that I've seen. I don't know. Yeah, IRS grabbed the mic when he first came out, came out and told the Tampa crowd that they are tax sheets, and no one will, and no one will rest in peace until they pay their taxes. Oh God! Which made me laugh. <laughs> and uh, also the crowd pops for the first dong of the Undertaker's yeah. theme song. Then uh, also Jack Doan was a referee for this match. Yep. And Beverly, what are your thoughts on the purple glove days of the Undertaker? <laughs> yeah, actually, I did kind of take note in my head about this that this is kind of the near the end of that look, maybe like a year or more or whatever, but. It's starting to, and I guess, in my opinion, starting to kind of look hokey for him. Um, I'm glad that he kind of went with a more realistic, or I don't even know if it would be realistic, but more modern look in the upcoming years after yeah. this. Well, why 
did the Undertaker really wear the gray or purple gloves to begin with? What's the meaning behind it? Gosh, I don't know. I don't know if he's supposed to look like some type of like old West mortician or something. I don't. I don't even know the like the meaning behind that. Okay, we just wanted to ask. You know, oh, that's a good question. before we get into the match. Well, I guess towards the start of the match. I did write down a quote from Lawler that made me laugh, and I want to get your part of it, part of it, Beverly Hills. Got it. I'm going to be a Lawler, and you're going to play McMahon, okay? Okay, sounds Be- good. Beverly Hills, aren't you part of the NFL? The National oh Federation of Losers? Oh, my God. Lawler's one-liners are so bad. They are just terrible. It, I took note of one that I did like, though. So they're talking about the, how Undertaker was at a monster truck rally the oh, night before yeah. at Tampa Stadium and Lawler goes, like, man, didn't you spend <laughs> didn't you spend your honeymoon in a monster truck? <laughs> That's funny. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> well yeah, because it made, made me laugh the line was, Aren't you a part of the NFL, McMahon? Right. The National Federation of Losers. And it made yeah. me laugh just because we were talking about the NFL and the Super Bowl a few weeks back and, right. and all that and that to me seemed like a line I would use on you, Beverly. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, it says a lot about your comedy stylings when they're when they're Poor. similar to Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Anyway, I I can let you get in the match, Beverly. So as we get started, uh, IRS is doing a ton of stalling in and out of the ring, staying away from Undertaker, all of that stuff. Um, When Undertaker does turn his back, IRS finally starts with a dropkick. But since uh, Undertaker, it has no effect on him, he runs away. Um, this is what I took note that Paul Bear sounded like he was singing. Um, Irwin, Irwin. Uh, <laughs> when, when they were running the ropes, I did take note that I thought IRS really runs the ropes well. He really hits them with a lot of force and, and springs off of them. Uh, just maybe, I just really liked uh, watching him run the ropes. Um, Undertaker tossed IRS across the ring by his tie. What'd you think about that? This tie-based offense. I like it. I like you know every once in a while, uh, IRS's opponents using that tie to yeah as offense. Just uh, you know, if he's not wear it, why not use it against him? Yeah, right, right on, right on. It's just like in the NFL, if you not the National Federation of Losers or whatever, <laughs> National Football League, if you wear your hair really long and it goes out of your helmet that you can get tackled by it. Oh, you can. You know, like it's, yeah, right. It's not illegal because it's your choice. Like you, since you chose to wear it, just like IRS chooses, just like IRS chooses to wear the tie, you can use it. Hmm. So I like that. I think it might like the natural federation of losers. (laughs) Well, sadly there isn't a lot of hair tackling. So I guess I don't like the natural federation of losers. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Everything, it's just, oh, he's being pulled around. Does he like it? Does he not like it? Oh, God, who knows? I like it, Beverly. I like it. (laughs) So DiBiase got up on the apron, and uh, Undertaker uh, goozled him, did a little to him. But then IRS comes running toward him, and uh, Undertaker jumps out of the way, and he almost takes out, IRS almost takes out DiBiase. Uh, this is when the Druids first come out. 
which we now know are Jimmy Dell Druid and Druid Blue. Yeah, a blue, yeah that poor Druid is blue. Depressed. <laughs> that depressed Druid. Oh, well. And, okay, so <laughs> they went from, the Druids, like, changed their look. Like, they went from having, like, the hoods to now, like, looking executioner-like. Yeah, I or, that. yeah. Or, I don't know, like, looking like... I'd be honest, like KKK members, but in black instead yes. of white. So it's kind of, that was kind of creepy too. Yeah, I really love that. Just a little bit. Um, so this is about the time when VK when uh, Vince called an uppercut an undercut. <laughs> Vince, <laughs> he's like, nice undercut. Oh, I mean uppercut. Oh, um, <laughs> so Undertaker tried to go for another rope walk move. And the druids uh, shake them ropes, and Undertaker like, like <laughs> fell down. Yes, Batista shake them oh, ropes. ropes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I like some figure four stuff, yes. Dirty Dog, but not from but way not. back in the day. Yeah, which I don't blame you. <laughs> okay, so Iris took advantage of the druid distraction, and uh, he he sent Undertaker outside the ring. And the druids attack him too, and the druids attack them, attack him all the while, trying not to make sure, trying to make sure their hoods don't fall off. They're like <laughs> Jimmy Del Druid, especially is like kicking him and like holding on to his hood the whole time. Yes. <laughs> um, as they take him back into the ring, uh, IRS is working on Undertaker, but he sit, he does a sit up, and then that's when uh, Vince goes. Trouble with a capital T. <laughs> oh. Oh, they uh, Mac. I still like how Lawler's one liners better. Uh, they're 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 not bad. So uh Yeah, hey, you get to the finish here. Okay. Undertaker got IRS in the tombstone, but he but he's distracting, gets taken down by a clothesline. Yeah. Now take over. Yeah, then uh the Undertaker uh, hit hit the nice trucks from out of nowhere and got a three count. I was wondering, where did that come from? Well, it came from the, Paul Bear going, the power of the urn, yes, yes. The power of the urn, yes, yes. So the Undertaker exactly won, and I ready this match, Beverly Hills, one star. Oh, see, I went high. <laughs> That's funny. What do you I, went, I went one and three quarters. So you rated this match the same as the first match? No, that other one I went two and, oh, okay. two and one or something like that. Okay. So this match was a li- little bit worse than the other match. Yeah, both both for opinions. This match was worse. Yes, yeah. right. I felt like the crowd was into whatever the Undertaker was. In con- or Whenever Undertaker had control, the crowd was into. When he wasn't, the crowd didn't care. Right. Just so. and, and just in general, the the... The in-ring stuff just wasn't really good. Yeah, and uh, you know everybody Undertaker, liked Undertaker, but the Undertaker back then wasn't really the greatest of workers. And IRS is a good technical wrestler, but doesn't really have the 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 charisma that would be could bump him up to the main event status level. Right. So, yeah, during the post-match taunting and all that the lights were down and with purple lights were up the druids attacked the undertaker from behind and the dead man was able to beat them up then the king Kong bundy came down and the fans <laughs> cheered about the, this possible matchup that's what it seemed like then the undertaker yes. goes uh face to face with the kkb and the irs attacked bear from behind and 
took the urn, and the KKB took out the Undertaker. They hit him with the avalanche. Avalanche dropped him, among other splashes, splash-like things. Yep, right. Then they uh, went off and all that. Then Paul Bear got in the ring and asked the crowd to cheer for the Undertaker to give him the strength to get up <laughs> and go backstage to get the urn. Oh, yes. Paul was so sad when IRS stole the urn. Just so sad. I don't blame him. <laughs> I would be too if you took my ring, Bill. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do the next time I'm up there. Is I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal the bell that which gives you the power. Oh no, not my ring, Bill. <laughs> so we might as well take a quick break so we can catch our breath, fans. We'll be right back, right after this. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hey, brother, this is the immortal one, Mr. Beverly Harrells. And you know what? Those other guys who tell you about the Mellow Yellow, they don't know what's going on, brother. The only way to get hyped, to get jacked for main event status radio, brother, is the Diamond Dew. Ooh. Ah. It gets me ready for a big podcasting effort, brother. What you gonna do when the Diamond Dew runs wild on you? Hey, B, no way a little dude like you is gonna change my ways. It's time you were tempted with the taste of nuts and honey. Hulk Hogan doesn't eat nuts and honey. Did you take this? An unbeatable part of this nutritious breakfast. That's better than a body slam. Undefeated. And still champion. It's a honey Cheerios. Hope you guys enjoyed that quick, quick break. It was nice that Beverly Hills and I caught our breath. We chatted a little bit. We were uh, thugging the bugging, thrilling among those hillins. Thrill, villain, whatever. <laughs> so yeah, we come back and Vince McMahon sends us backstage to a pre-taped interview that Todd got with got on the WWF Action Zone. Beverly Hills. Yes. Do you remember the TV show WWF Action Zone? Uh, no, I do not. I, I only either. know I know I only know it from looking back on stuff like this because I didn't have cable at the time, so I was not there. Yeah, because I don't remember the Action Zone either. So. Right. Anyway, the first pre-taped interview that Todd had was with Diesel in his locker room. Diesel yep. wasn't much of a mood for talking, even though he was in a choking mood on Raw the other night, which mm-hmm. I really don't remember since Diesel no. wasn't on Raw. Yeah, right, exactly. Then we go to another pre-taped interview. Was it when he, were they talking about when he was, like, posing on the beach and, like, flexing? Is that yeah, the that, joking mood or whatever? I guess so. <laughs> then, uh, then yeah, Todd goes to an, uh, then we go to another pre-tape interview with Brett in his locker room. To me, the locker room looks the same, so it probably pan to the other part of the locker room. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. Then, Let's, <laughs> Todd, go walk over six feet. Yes. <laughs> then uh, Brett said that he he's been in a thinking <laughs> mood about winning the title back after losing the, losing it at the Survivor Series. Then Brett blew off that Diesel could get him into the Jackknife Powerbomb. Yeah. So what's your thoughts on if we don't get an actual video package building up the feud, what's your thoughts on the video package that we got, Beverly Hills? Uh, you mean like the interviews? Yeah. I, oh. What's your thoughts on comparing the interviews that we got to like what we get nowadays at the Rumble? Oh. Uh, I guess I prefer the um, – I prefer actual video packages because like – it's it's always one of those things 
I listen to like a lot of movie reviews and stuff. Don't tell me when you can show me. So don't tell me Diesel was in a joking mood. Show me when he was in a joking mood. Don't tell me, you know, when this attack took place. Show me when it took place. So I I would prefer that a lot more. It has a lot more weight and it carries a lot more importance with it. Yeah, fair fair enough. Because well, I guess to me, while they really weren't in a much of a video package mindset back then, right. So I guess you know getting something like what we got was a nice change up to if we weren't going to get the video packages that we grew accustomed to years later. Sure. So I, I guess the ways I kind of liked it that you can I tell that the both competitors are taking this match seriously, which is something I enjoy from professional wrestling. Yeah. That the wrestlers are wanting to take their match seriously, unlike nowadays when John, whenever John Cena loses a WWE world title or loses a main event match, he just comes back out the next night laughing it off, whatever. He'll get another shot down the road. Right, right. So at least that, so at least I enjoyed that. So sure. then after sure. the pre-tape the video footage and all that, we go back to Vince McMahon and Jerry Lawler, and they were trying to put over this big match feel, and Lawler put over that the feeling that you have for a big match like this. Yes. Which is one thing I enjoy about having a former pro wrestler doing color for pay-per-view events. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. They, yeah, they can carry that with them, sure. I guess, if do you feel like nowadays, well, I think yeah, JBL and Jerry Lawler are still the the color commentators for pay-per-views nowadays. Do you feel like if Lawler were trying to do that, do that again nowadays or JBL would, do you feel like it would come across the same as when Lawler did it back in 95? Yeah, I do. Okay, just just mm-hmm. curious because I, f- I feel like nowadays that Lawler and JBL don't have the same credibility as Lawler did back in 95. Oh, come on. Lawler was about as uncredible in 1995 as it gets. He's throwing out these terrible jokes. He's getting chanted Burger King at. I don't think he's got... I think he has more credibility now. Okay, well, I guess back then for me that Lawler still wrestled on occasion, and nowadays, he, well, I guess he can't, but I guess Lawler doesn't care about anything nowadays when he's on the in the color booth compared to back then. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that. that, that's just me. But we might, as well sure. get, we might as well get into this next match. And if I had another soda, I'd crack it open right now. <laughs> yeah, because this would be the real main event. Yeah, I the think. next match is for the WWF Championship with with the challenger, Brett. The Hitman Hart against champion, Big Daddy Cool, Diesel. <laughs> yes, sir. And buckle up. This is a long one. So we got uh, Hart's out first, and then uh, Diesel comes out in a a tinfoil vest, and he just has a ton of uh, sparklers going off. And yeah, talk Um, about Diesel's entrance. He he had that semi-truck break the glass, and somehow the semi-truck vanished. He he got (laughs) Big Daddy cool. Well, he is the semi truck. Diesel turned. He turned into it. He's a transformer. Yes, he's a transformer. When you drink the, didn't take a take a swig of the Diet Mountain Dew. I didn't know it that. I think it was Law. I assume it was Lawler since he noted it with uh, Razor Ramon that Bret Hart is a two time WWF champion up to this match. Okay. So I I like it when the announcers put over the credentials of 
the champion and the challenger when they come out. All right. That's mm-hmm. just me, though. Okay. All right. So Hart uh, is coming out on fire. He's taking Diesel down. Uh, he's trying to soften up with punches, but the big man's kind of uh, pushing him off, and then he, he takes him outside. He Diesel throws Hart into the steps at ringside. Um Back in, back inside, they come in from that, and uh, Diesel had a pretty good uh, sidewalk slam that took him down for two. Um, he's working over Brett's back for the most part. It's kind of like a back versus knee kind of battle, like, yeah. which I like. I like that. It's, uh, you know, pick a body part and work on it. I like that. Um, this is about the time. <laughs> See, you, you're a loving Jerry Lawler or whatever, but at this time, he has the great light of, what a turnbuckle, McMahon! Really? What a turnbuckle? What a turnbuckle, Beverly Hills! Yeah, awful. Just awful. Yes. Um, so this is where you get just totally inexplainable move. They're trying to put Brett over as like he's more aggressive or whatever. So he ties Diesel's legs together outside the post with his tape. And then he gets in and he starts to uh, attack Diesel. And then Earl goes outside and rips the tape off in literally less than a second. Yes. He goes out and he's like, wah, wah, okay, go to it. Okay. It's, I don't know. I got a question for you about this since I just had the thought. All right, go for it. Who was a better referee? Earl Hebner? <laughs> okay. Or David Manning? <laughs> uh, David Manning. Okay. If we're com- comparing people... Who was worse on for I compared the Royal Rumble '95? Who was worse, Jerry Lawler or Bill Mercer? Oh my God! Why you're so obsessed with Bill Mercer lately? <laughs> the answer is Bill Mercer, by the way. Then who's worse, Bill Mercer or Vince McMahon? Bill Mercer. Beverly Hills, don't put me in a sleep hold. Whatever. <laughs> I wrote that down dur- during the Razor Ramon Jeff Jarrett match that yes. Jarrett put Razor in a sleep hold. Oh, Bill Mercer. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I noted that too. What you said about Earl Hemner that yeah that yeah he ripped ripped out the tape and like with no not much effort. <laughs> exactly. I guess Earl was hulking up. He was earling up. Yes, go go. Earl. <laughs> Um, so after that, uh, Diesel's able to catch a Brett on a dive, which the dive looked really cool. And he caught him and, uh, ran him into the post. And then they went back in, he called for the jackknife and he got it. But then one, two, oh no, here comes, uh, Brett, oh, not Brett. Here comes Shawn Michaels. And he, uh, broke up the count. And he attacked Diesel's knee with a lot of intensity, a lot of fury. And then he's removed from the ringside area. Uh, so this leads to well, Brett. Ta- well, talk about this. Sorry Go to ahead. interrupt you, but. Go ahead. No, no, no. Talk please. about the Michaels jumping in. And, and a lot, even a Lawler question that was wondering why Earl Hebner did not signal for the disqualification. Yeah, I don't understand either. That's very odd. And I you know, felt, like we can just have interference and just go for it. And I felt like it's something if the heel commentator even questioned the referee, there's something wrong there. Right. Yeah, it was very strange, very strange. But, yeah, sorry, I wanted to mention no. that. 
go ahead. So Hart then put on a figure four, and um. Oh, sorry. I, I was I was uh unscrewing my top for my water bottle. But yeah, as you're saying, sounded you know, like a toot. Yes, but Bret Hart was slapped on the figure four for the third time. When setting up for again, Lawler McMahon asked again. That made me laugh, just like that water bottle toot. Beverly Hills, don't judge me. I can't handle it. So after he's working on him, he eventually gets the sharpshooter locked in, and it looks like that might be it. Again? Yep, but now we get more interference. Here comes Owen Hart, and he he uncovered that what a turnbuckle, and he threw Bret Hart into it, and Diesel got put into the turnbuckle, so they're kind of even now, right? So... Bren Diesel, they're they're fighting back and forth with punches. Um, eventually, Brett got tied up in the ropes, and Diesel tried to go get a chair and uh, attack him with that. But um, Earl takes it away, and as he's accosting Diesel for that, Hart gets to try an early uh, Eddie Guerrero prototype move. Yes. What do you think about that? Or describe it if you wish. I did not take it down in my notes, but I oh, okay. enjoyed Bret Hart lying, cheating, and stealing Beverly Hills. Yeah, I mean, you can you can imagine what it was when I say that. So he gra- started grabbing his knee. Well, oh, yeah, yes, that part, yeah, how he was playing possum and all that, which I which yeah. I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yep, and as Diesel came, he tried to roll him up, but only for two. So, And as he was going for another roll-up, Earl got knocked down, and now we get the big deal. That, uh, let's see. Kind of the finish of the yeah, match. Bret Hart got behind Big Daddy Cool, trying to push him into the ropes and to roll him up for the pin again. The, the referee was in the way and got knocked down. <coughs> then Shawn Michaels, Jeff Jarrett, Bob Backlund, and Owen Hart all came in and attacked. <laughs> yeah. Then the referee called for the bell. Yes. He cannot control the match any longer. Yeah, so, I would have thrown it out long before that, but. So the winner. Due to, the, due to the inability of the referee be, being unable to keep control of the match, this match is a draw. <laughs> moo. Yes, it is. Are you saying boo or moo? I was saying moo. <laughs> yes. And as he comes, so he calls it a draw, and then all of a sudden Bob comes back and puts the crossface chicken wing on uh, Hart. Oh, by the way, here's a good autocorrect that I just noticed. My computer told me that it was the crossfire chicken wing. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and so Hart, he's got the chicken wing on Hart. All the other ones come back in and start to work on Diesel, but he's able to throw them off, clear the ring, and... Uh, uh, get Bob off of, of Hart as well. Yes. So Beverly Hills, what do you? Oh, you got to. You oh, just a second. So they get to get. You got to. We can't forget the fact they hug in the ring. Yes. And all that. <laughs> yeah, Bret yes. Hart shook hands and hugged, raised each other's arms after the after the heels left, showing yes. each other respect, playing Diesel's music. Makes a lot of sense since he's walking out the champion. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Beverly Hills, yes. what do you rate this match? Okay, I, I read this. Ding, 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 ding. Three and a quarter stars. 
I'll use my ring bell once again to tell you, Mr. Beverly Hills and the listeners <laughs> of Native Status Radio, Daddy-O, would I ready this match? Okay. Are you ready? Give it to me. One. <laughs> two. Three. And four stars, Beverly Hills. Oh, another four-star match. Yes. Wow. I felt like this match was just as good as an Intercontinental title match. Nice. Definitely a different kind of match than the, than the first match, with all the run-ins and some uh, downtime. But I felt like this was a good match and there's good action and all that. Sure. I felt like this was one of the better WWF title matches that we covered so far in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Credit. I can see, you know, why you rated this match a little bit three fourths of a star lower though. Sure. Well, just because of all the run-ins and all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then we go back to Todd, who was still in Pamela's dressing room, and she was starting to get undressed. And she needed some help to, to get her dressed for the Royal Rumble match. Todd Pentgale acts like a teenager. Oh my gosh, yes he does. I wrote that he can't handle his boner. Yes. <laughs> he can barely just handle life at this point. He's like, oh, oh yes, ma'am. <laughs> Who's worse, Todd Pentengale or Jerry Lawler? Uh, Todd Pentengale. Because, like, Lawler plays a horn dog or whatever, but, like, at least he's, like, kind of adult in it. Like, Pettengill is playing, like, an 11-year-old, okay. and it's a little much. And Beverly Hills. I uh, did you hear uh, the sirens playing in the background. Yeah, Are yes, you okay? yes. I'm good. Is Mrs. I'm good. Is Mrs. Hills okay? She is also okay. Okay, just want to make sure. I heard the sirens going on in the background. I want to make sure everything's okay and down in Beverly Hills, Minnesota. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> then Tyler sends us back to Stephanie Wyand, who's with Bob Holly, the one, two, three kid. She said that they weren't supposed to be in the in, in the tournament. Now they replaced the smoking guns. Then the kid mentioned that he is excited to be there. Then Holly said that the Charger that they're like the Chargers that they weren't that they, that they're getting their shot at the Super Bowl and they're getting their shot at the tag team titles. Yes. So, oh yeah, I guess why I get what I was trying to say. Uh, Holly was trying to say that he that they're like the Chargers, where the Chargers yep. are getting their shot at the Super Bowl. Holly and the kid yep. are getting their shot at the tag team titles. Right, and they are underdogs, just like the Chargers are. What's your thoughts on the Chargers in the nineteen ninety four nineteen ninety five football season, Beverly Hills? Well, it was really fun watching them in the playoffs, then in the AFC playoffs. But when they got to the Super Bowl, they got whooped. Real bad. So it was not like the outcome of this match. Yeah. They, you would not want to play the San Diego Chargers. They lost by like 40 points. It was really bad. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to this next match. It's for the WWF Tag Team Championship of the World. <laughs> bam, Bam Bigelow, the beast from the East. And the Tonka, the Native American with the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, taking on. Bob Holly in the one two three kid, Beverly nice. Hills. I know we kind of talked about this a little bit before in the on previous podcast and episode, but do you remember why the tag team titles were vacated? No, do you? Yes, I I, you. yes, I do. Beverly Hills. Tell me about it. I did some dirty research. Actually, nice. I, actually, I did have to do research because I had this in memory. Oh, perfect. Dirty Locked dog. up in the safe. I, I yes. guess you can say I'm the Dirty Dog Meltzer of the podcast for this part. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That, uh, yeah, come come sit next to the Dirty Dog. We do some Native Event Status Observer Newsletter time. 
Okay. I'll try to think of something clever, but anyway, that after two Survivor Series in 1994, the tag team champions were Diesel and Shawn Michaels. And how they broke up because Shawn Michaels hit Diesel with one too many super kicks to the face. They broke up, and then I think two nights later, Diesel won the WWF title in eight seconds. Okay. So, because they broke up and Diesel won the WWF title, they had to vacate the tag team titles. And because of that, they set up the tag team tournament, that's we, which we get the finals right here, right now, on Men of Status Radio. <sighs> ding, ding, ding! <laughs> I'm not awesome. as good of a storyteller as you, Beverly Hills, I'm sorry. You are you are a wonderful storyteller. I love it, man. So, then at the start of the match, McMahon mentions the Tomorrow Night on Raw. So next week on the podcast, the winners of the tag team titles will face... The smoking guns for the tag titles. So, kind of excited for that. Got it. Yeah, no, it'll be a good match next week. I like it. Yes. So, yeah, I noted that Hardcore Holly and Tatanka started the match, Beverly Hills. Yes, yes. Tatanka was kicking butt early. Yes. Um, He gets Bam Bam in. Bam Bam uh, got a leg sweep from Holly, but then took over with a double clothesline on both Holly and 1-2-3-Kid. There's a really nice moment with what I kind of called a a pop-up Hurricane Rana, where Bam Bam throws uh, 1-2-3-Kid up in the air, and as he comes down, hooks him into a Hurricane Rana. That was really nice. Yeah, I I really like. Well, I noted that, that noted that too. That I just wrote on the the Bam Bam tried to toss one two three could up up to do something. And he countered with the Hurricane Rana, and even the announcers and the fans popped for that. It looked pretty awesome, and we yes. even see it on a double feature. Uh huh. Which I really liked. Yeah, the double feature. You got it, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but right after that, Bam Bam got his famous the famous Bam Bam and Sigiri. Yes. On on to one two three kid. Um Bamer is able to get Tatanka in and Tatanka is just like hammering one two three kid into the turnbuckle. It's crazy how hard he's throwing him in there. Um Yeah, yeah. Uh as both of the heels get in, they grab Holly and Kid on both of their shoulders, but as they're gonna ram each other together they frick, slip behind and the two heels hit. <clears throat> this is when I noticed that Tatanka is fat. Yes. Same physique as me. Yeah, but we're in the same boat, Beverly Hills. <laughs> if you're like Tatanka, then I guess I'm like I'm like Bam Bam Bigelow. Actually, it's probably reversed. You're probably like Tatanka and I'm like Bam Bam. Anyway. But anyways, um, Tatanka goes to work with body slams on Holly, power slam as well. Uh, but he missed a flying chop and ended up hitting Bam Bam. Um, <laughs> Holly tried tried to do a sunset flip, but it quickly turned into a butt splash from Bam Bam, and he sm- squashed him. Like a bug. <laughs> then, I don't even know what Bam Bam did. Was it like a flying armbar or something? It was a, how about that maneuver? Yeah, something like from, that. From yeah. uh, Vince. How about that maneuver? Yes. Oh, Mr. MacMan. <laughs> okay. So everybody's in. We get a spinning wheel kick from, um, what's his name? One, two, three, kid. Yes. A flying drop kick what's on to, 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 on to one, two, three, What's his name? 
a planchon to Tatanka outside, and then he he tried to do he did a crossbody, but it's broken up by Tatanka. Bam Bam goes up top. He's gonna hit the awesome moonsault, and then stupidly Fat Tatanka decides that he's gonna also do a move, and he bounces off the ropes, knocks down awesome Bam Bam. Fat Tatanka just stands there, and one, two, three, kid gets the Bam Bam and gets the one, two, three. Beverly Hills, this finish reminded me of Raw three weeks ago that we had covered. When yes, it, when yeah. Bam uh-huh. Bam and Tatanka against uh, the the Allied Powers. How I thought Correct. that that match, end of the match was horrible. It reminded me of this when we saw this finish. It reminded me of that. Right. And yes, the winners are the one, two, three, and Bob Holly, the new take team champions. <laughs> Beverly, I rated this match one and one half star. Yeah. I rate one and one half really. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two and a half. Okay. But I thought I thought the fans were into the kid in the kid and Holly and the finish was stupid, just like a few weeks yeah. before. And the maybe, finish what the finish really brought it down. I would agree with you on that one. So that's why I ready the match what it did because the finish brought it down and it made me laugh. What what the Bam Bam got pissed off and shoved LT, which we'll talk about and all that. And before we do, Beverly Hills, <coughs> I, I remember three weeks ago when we started this series, you wanted my thoughts on the Native American Tatanka being a heel. Yep. I wanted to give, finally give you my thoughts about him. Okay, because it, because in my notes, and I quote myself in saying, "I noticed what Beverly was talking about." <laughs> Native <laughs> American Tatanka slow. was yeah. moving pretty slow. So I finally noticed what you're talking about, and I really don't like it. You know, if you're gonna move slow, whatever. So There's I, a difference between like moving deliberately and just going slowly. Yeah. and he, I feel like he's just moving slowly. Yeah, which I really didn't like. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, then we uh, then yeah, bam, yeah, then everybody left but Bam Bam, and Bam Bam was left in the ring. He was walking around all frustrated. And the fans were making fun of him and teasing him for all that. And he, Bam Bam was yelling at them, saying, "It ain't funny! It ain't funny!" <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Bam Bam finally got to LT, who was laughing, and Bam Bam got in his face. LT st- stood up to and offered him a handshake, and Bam Bam shoved him. And LT jumped up to try to attack him, but one of his buddies held him back. So what's, yeah. your, what's your thoughts about that, Beverly Hills, setting up that main, WrestleMania main event feud? He's crazy, that guy! Yes. It's what, what Lawrence Taylor's friend says to... Uh, <laughs> says about Bam Bam. You know, I, to be honest, felt bad for Bam Bam. Everybody's, everybody's being super rude, and it wasn't even his fault that he got beat. Yeah, it, it was, was Tatan- dumb fat Tatanka. Yeah, it was Tatanka's fault. Yep. I I cannot at any side be on, be against Bam Bam in this. Yes, I totally agree with you, Beverly Hills. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> let, let's, take, let, let's take a quick break where we can catch our breath and we'll be right back with our review of the main event, the Royal Rumble 1995. We'll be back right after this. 
I'm I'm greatly excited. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. I'm here on the Dirty Dogs Diamonds here on Many Events Status Radio. You guys always hear me talk about my trucks, 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 trucks. And here is, is Dusty Hills to talk about my trucks. Oh, Dog Diamonds, baby. You know, they're always telling me, oh, Dusty Hills, are we... How many people are are there anybody there when you're talking with uh, Dog Stamets? Oh, we got must have 20,000 people behind this camera, daddy Oh, They're talking about Jeeps. They're talking about trucks. They're talking about cars. You know, if you in the Florida Panhandle, baby, you got to come down to Dog Stamets' uh, car emporium. Tell them that Dusty Hill sent your brother. The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beep. Beverly Hills, do I need to call you on the telephone because Skype doesn't want us to connect, if you know what I'm saying, daddy Mr. Beverly Hills, and I'm going to use, you know, the internet's dead. The internet's done. I'm using the phone, and I'm using this here podcast, Main Event Status Radio, to launch my career in phone broadcast singing. I'm going to take this phone. The CMAs are here. The AMAs are here. Everybody's here, and they want to hear me sing. (laughs) Ain't I great? Hello and welcome back to Main Event Status Radio. We got the Rumble match coming up. We got Dirty Dog Darcy here. We got me, Mr. Beverly Hills. We're going for it. We got. I was able to wipe the tears about my sadness over Bam Bam Bigelow being teased by all the rude crowd members. Beverly, Beverly I can finally hear you. Beverly! <laughs> Good. I'm so, glad you can hear me. Yes, I am sad too that that you're sad about Bam Bam. I had I helped you wipe wipe away a few of those tears. I even petted you on the back a little bit during <laughs> our breaks and it'd be okay. Because it is okay, Beverly Holmes. Then awesome. yeah. After the match we go we see some highlights from nineteen ninety four's Royal Rumble where Diesel was right. mowing through everybody and all that and the fans mm-hmm. were yep. cheering for him. So that was, was cool to see uh See Diesel, you know, eliminate everybody and wait around for people to show up. And they saw how Diesel was eliminated when a group of guys were trying to throw him over. Then Shemichael's ran over and threw a super kick, and somehow that connected to Diesel and tossed him out, which didn't even look like he even connected to Diesel, but whatever. Yes. So that started up the... So I guess that initial uh, super kick elimination was the start of the breakup of Diesel and Shemichael's that we talked about a couple matches back. Correct, Yes. Then we caught up with uh, Shawn Michaels earlier in the night, and uh, Michaels mentions that he mentions about the highlight video package that we just saw. Michael said he will eliminate all the guys in the Rumble this year, like he eliminated Diesel last year, single-handedly. This is going to be such an easy night, and it's going to be the year of the heartbreak kid. Then uh, Michael said that he'll win the Royal Rumble. Then mm-hmm. we see another highlight package from 1994 Royal Rumble. How it, how it ended in a double elimination. We go to the total package, All-American all Lex Luger. And you said yep. that, uh, that 1994 is yes, the news, and he wants to talk about 1995, and he'll start out the year by winning the Royal Rumble. And 1995 will be better than 1994. 
It's time for me to fulfill my destiny. 1995, and I'm alive. Made in America, our slogan. <laughs> then uh, <coughs> we go back to McMahon and Lawler. McMahon wanted to apologize to what happened in LT. Yes. Then uh, then Howard Finkel introduces Pamela Anderson, and the fans pop for her, which I can't blame them. Uh, then the king goes off early, or shows off his early attitude, Eric gimmick when she came out. Come on, King. And Beverly, <laughs> I, I want to get your thoughts on Howard Finkel not running through the the rules for the Royal Rumble this year. Okay, the, with just the year, the out. Well, he did the I, minute thing. Yeah, I, I'm surprised that how it's like, you know, at least nowadays, you know, last several years of the Royal Rumble Hall, it's a big deal that the the Whoever's uh, the announcer, how he would, or he, him or her would go run through the rules of the Royal Rumble. And I'm yes. surprised that Howard Finkel did not even tell the fans and the viewers at home what the rules of the Royal Rumble are. Are you going to tell us the rules? Uh, I can. You don't have to. No, 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 I, know, no, no. I know what they are. Well, I'm just seeing if I wrote them down when I did the Royal Rumble report uh, few, the past few shows. But, yeah, it's while Alex, you got... To eliminate your opponent, it's throw them over the top rope, and both feet has to hit the floor. Not one, not both. a half, not three quarters of a foot, not one and three quarters of a foot. Both feet has <laughs> both to touch the floor. Feet. Both and feet. That's called foreshadowing, folks. Yes. Then it's two, you know, first two guys enter, then every 60 seconds, the next competitor, roughly every 60 seconds, and then the <laughs> next competitor will be on. You weren't keeping a, a time, were you? No, I wasn't. I just had oh, okay. to, I just had to mention roughly every sixty seconds yeah. because you know last recent years was approximately every sixty every ninety seconds when it's not actually every ninety seconds. It's whenever the guys hit a spot in the in the ring, then they'll do the countdown. Right. Exactly. So yeah, we get the Royal Rumble nineteen ninety five. You and got it. Yeah, and like I said, I'm surprised Howard didn't run through the rules. And the number one entrant is uh, uh, Beverly. <laughs> yes, Shawn Michaels is out first. And McNabb mentions that Michaels won't be going to WrestleMania as a number one contender for the WWF title. McMahon, yeah, but then he picks him, so I don't know. And McMahon mentioned that, that Michaels is very unlucky because he drew the number one, then Lawler mentioned that he's ha- that Michaels is happy that he's number one because he can do a strip tease dance and soak up more of the attention of the fans, which he, yes. which he wouldn't be able to do if he was a he if he drew a lighter number, which made me laugh out of Lawler. Right. Then the number two entrant is do 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 do. Oh, wait, that's the Allied Powers, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, so it's the British. British Bulldog. And I want to get your thoughts about this. Well, I guess uh, we will later in the match, but, or later, yeah, later in the match, but, um, you know, we uh, we also saw the last three weeks of TV and Monday Night Raw. What is your thoughts yeah. on Sean and the Bulldog being number one when it, or number one and number two, when it really didn't seem like they were really built up that the greatest the last three weeks of Monday Night Raw. Well, I guess I think it kind of comes down to this because 
the the folks who have already wrestled aren't in the rumble. So outside of those, these are very, you know, uh, possibly the best two wrestlers they have. So if they want that to start and they want, um, you know, them to be in there a long time, which they do, I think it's a good choice. Yes. Well, I guess I'll... Yeah, well, I am uh, taking note about to to uh, tell the story at after we uh, go through this about a story that I heard that Shawn Michaels once told. So, yeah, if you want to start out or start it out, then I'll be then I'll join in my uh, adding my my thoughts when when you go through your uh, review. Perfecto. Okay, so. When the two start there, Michaels jumps Bulldog early, but Bulldog uh, gets Michaels up in a press slam right away, uh, isn't able to throw him over. He uh, hooks him into the corner, uh, starts to push him over, but does not get him out. Okay? That leads us to our next entry, which is? I did not take note on who number three is. Okay, number three Let me roll. Eli Blue of the Blues Brothers. Eli, I think. Yeah. Blue! <laughs> That's Vincent being there. So he starts right on to British Bulldog, um, kicking him in the corner. Um, HBK attacks Blue, though, and Blue throws him into the corner. And then both Michaels and Bulldog try to throw out Blue, but they're unable to. He's too big. That makes me blue that they can eliminate Eli Blue, Beverly Hills. Yes, exactly. And then up next, because everything is coming fast and furious. We only got a minute in between each. Uh, next is Duke, uh, Duke the, the Dumpster, Josie. Yes. And as he comes in, he runs directly into a big boot from Eli Blue. He runs in and poof, right in his face. And that was a cool look right there. Yeah. Uh, we got Blue and British Bulldog in one corner. Michael's in the dumpster in another one, fighting it out. Um, and as the buzzer rings, Eli Blue is stepping on British Bulldog's throat. Yes, and number five is one of the Druids, Mr. Beverly Hills. <laughs> Jimmy Del Druid. Yes, Beverly Del My Ray. Favorite. My Beverly, favorite. Beverly Del Ray. Jimmy the Del Jiggle-O. Ray. Yes. The Jiggle-O, Mr. Beverly. That's me. <laughs> yes. and, and I think it's right around this time that I noted that the dumpster had Michaels up in a bear hug, and Michaels broke it with a finger to the eye, or finger in the eye, which made me laugh. Yes, it was a beautiful bear hug and a beautiful counter to the bear hug, Beverly Hills. Yeah, it was. I agree. I agree. Um, Jigolo at this point, early on. Closest to get Shawn Michaels over the top rope. And I was like, oh man, this would be awesome. I want Jimmy Delray to win the <laughs> championship. I want things to go differently watching it the second time around. And he wins the championship yes. this time. I want Jimmy Jimmy Del Hills. Yes, I agree. I agree. That's me. The number, <laughs> the number six comes out. And yep. I want to ask you about number six, Beverly Hills. Okay. It's the only of the head shrinkers, right? Yeah, yep. And I wanted to ask, in, well, I did look it up. Sioni is the barbarian. Correct. Because he looked familiar, like, I swear that looks like the barbarian. And I did some dirty oh, yeah. research, and it was. 
I was w- yeah. wondering why did why did they give the barbarian the name Sioni? Uh because they needed someone to fill Samu's um place in the head shrinkers and they picked the barbarian but they didn't want him to be the barbarian cuz at this time they were uh good guys okay, so makes, they makes renamed sense. him Sioni. Yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah cuz I was wondering like that guy, I swear, it looks like the barbarian. And uh, yeah, I was wondering oh, yeah. the context and why why they switched the name. Yep. Yes, sir. So that is why they did it. Yeah. The number seven is Doctor Tom Pritchard. Okay. I'm tired. Well, between this time though, okay. oh, sorry between this. six and seven, uh, Jimmy Del Rey is thrown out, so he becomes the first eliminated, and a little bit dies inside of me. Yes. The number seven is Doctor Tom Pritchard, and I noted mm-hmm. that Lawler mentioned. Hey, I like this guy. When when <laughs> Doctor Tom came out, then McMahon asked him if he won the Rumble. Lawler replied. Re, Lawler replied, "I don't like him that much." Well, he he actually first said that about Jimmy Dalray too. Oh, did he? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, they did. Yeah, it was a callback. He said okay. it to. He said about Jimmy Dalray, and then he go. Yeah, and then. Yeah. How, do you think he's gonna win? I don't like him that much. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. <laughs> in, my, in my notes, I said when both devil have. Uh, not both Beverly bodies, because that's us. And both yeah. Heavenly bodies came into the match. And I noted that. So, yeah, well, I'll mention that for both. Both of which made, which made me laugh. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. And between this uh, this minute is when I noticed that Eli Blue has insane hair. Yes. It's just all over. It's huge. It's like Mrs. Beverly Hills' hair. It's just like an wild. Yes. Uh, HBK is hiding. And then out next is Dan the Clown. (laughs) Yes, Dan the Clown indeed. Oh, yeah, talk about Dan the Clown and his brother Dink. (laughs) That, uh, yeah, I, that the Royal Rumble report that I put in the last episode last week, Beverly Hills, made me laugh. How the, how Tom Pentgill was running through, you know, the Royal Rumble report, and the guys in the Rumble and Holly said, Doink is in the is in the match and he'll be dinkless. <laughs> that made me laugh too. Like that can be taken so many dirty ways, Beverly Hills. Yes. And I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, love it. Yeah. Okay. So Dan the Clown came in. Uh Lawler did say a funny line in my opinion where he said that Dan the Clown came in a Lincoln Clown car. I I mean I you know, I laugh at stupid stuff. That was funny. <laughs> That's a kid that really holds. That's why we love you. <coughs> Sioni and uh Blue were working on Dan in the corner and um dumpster choked HBK to finish this segment. Yes. So that so that leads to number nine, which is Quang. Quang, yes. <laughs> who, 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 who would become Savio Vega, right? You would be correct. Yeah, yep. just, just wanted to make sure I remembered, remembered that correctly. Yes. So Quang ran in and immediately started on that British Bulldog with some uh, some undercuts. Yes, undercuts. <laughs> And uh, then HBK and the Blue were trying to throw out to British Bulldog, which leads us to our next entry, which is... Rick the Model Martel. Heck yeah. Was he on TV a lot in 1995? I don't... Re- well, also we, well, I guess on the Raws, he also didn't appear. And I 
don't really think he was around that often in 1995 on TV. Right. I don't think I don't. From my re- recollections, I don't believe he was either. Yeah. So, so we'll. That's to say, I don't remember. Except, I, I don't think he was at the '94 Survivor Series. I don't, and I don't think he was at the '95 Mania. I don't really think so. I think at this point he's just uh, a special attraction. Yeah. Well, so I did notice that his tights weren't as neon as they as they were back in the '80s. You sure? Early, early. At least he looked faded. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, kind of a softer pink. Yeah, so they, they, they didn't look as bright as they normally were. Right, right, I would assume that. So, uh, um, during this time, Quang's working on uh, HBK, but he's hooked up in the ropes. And then this is when I noted that a fan in a silky gold vest was told to sit down, so he wasn't <laughs> from the camera. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads to our next uh, entry, a big one, a star of the time. Owen Hart. Yes. Yes. Which maybe but he doesn't even get to the ring. Yeah, because Bret Hart came down and attacked him for a costume the WWF title match two matches ago. And the fans pop for it. I love it, Beverly Hills. I love seeing Bret Hart attacking Owen Hart in the pink light in the aisleway. Getting his retribution for what Owen Hart did to him two matches ago, cost him the WWF title, Beverly Hills. Yes, because dumb, sore loser Bret Hart can't even handle it. Beats him up. (laughs) Jack Doan, Pat Patterson, they try to get Bret off of Owen. And then we miss the second elimination, which is Owen Hart by the Bulldog, because we're getting the epic introduction of true star number 12 entry. Timothy Well. <laughs> In my notes, Beverly Hills, I did, I put down, yes, Owen didn't even make it to the ring when number 12 comes out. Timothy yes. Well. I right. put my, I type. I did a typo. I'll read what I wrote, Beverly Hills. Who in the mail is Timothy Well? We talked about star Timothy Well before. Oh, yeah. We talked about well done. One of them's dead. Oh, he's pretty well done? (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, Doy, well and well and done are well done. Oh, I guess I didn't know what his first name was. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. Makes sense, yeah, because I finally uh, right-clicked his Wikipedia page. Yeah, he's, he's in Russian. His double, double team finish maneuvers is with Stephen Dunn, double DDT, and double form smash. And his managers was <laughs> Harvey Wimpleman. So I didn't know Harvey Wimpleman was two, man, was two or more managers. You got it, man. You got it, man. Thank okay, you. so during this one, during this minute, a lot goes on. We got Owen Hart getting eliminated by the Bulldog. We got the dumpster getting thrown up by HBK. Timothy, well, see you. You aren't all around a long time. Bulldog's throwing you out. And then Pritchard's also getting thrown up by HBK. Yes. The then we get our next superstar, number 13. I'm bushwhacking Beverly Hills. I'm bushwhacking. <laughs> Number 13 is Bushwhacker Luke. He only lasted 12 seconds, Beverly. Yeah. And then everyone else kind of went out 
uh, except HBK and Bulldog. Yeah, I I didn't have the order because everyone just kind of is thrown off at that point. At, at, when we finish this, I am on Wikipedia. I can read through the the, the the eliminations. So, oh, I don't know if we want that. Okay, well, we don't have. To, I can't. Then. I can't imagine we we would want that. Well, fine then. Whatever. <laughs> so number fourteen is the other blue Jacob. Jacob. Yes, and he only lasts not much longer than Bushwalker Luke. Five seconds yes. longer. Correct. Yeah, not he missed a he missed a big boot on HBK and just kind of kept going. Yes. <laughs> Bulldog almost got HBK out again, but then we get our next entry: King Kong a Bundy. walking Easter egg. Yeah, King Kong. And talking about you know King Kong buddy and how you mentioned about Bulldog almost eliminating Shawn Michaels and not doing it. What's your thoughts on? I think we will see this later with Lux Luger, if I remember my notes correctly. But there's a few times I was one question uh, the bulldog sanity and intelligence when he had had the uh, shovels up in the go, go red eye press slam, Daddy O. Yes, he did and, several times, and he even dropped him on the a top rope on his nuts. Like that could have ended wrong. He could have thrown him off a couple inches farther out and totally totally eliminated him. Huh? Well, that's that's the professionalism. You just got to make sure. Yeah, I <laughs> guess your I, skill. What's your thoughts on when he had the opportunity to throw the heartbreak out? Why didn't he actually throw him out? What's your thoughts? Yeah, you? well, I wish he would have. I would have liked to see Bulldog win. I would have been interesting. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see how this rumble would have panned out if they would, one of them would have messed up. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure they would have had something to explain it. Yes. And like you said, King Kong Buddy is number 15, and I noted that the, cro- the crowd roars when he came out. McMahon tell- tells us what Bundy did earlier the night to The Undertaker. Then he then then uh, McMahon philosophizes on what could Bundy do in the Royal Rumble with what he did to The Undertaker earlier in the night. Philosophizes. Yes, he is. McMahon is a great philosopher, Mr. Beverly Hills. He's like you, a great yeah. philosopher. Bundy I, tried to. Th- I'm a Go mediocre ahead. philosopher, philosopher at best. Oh but, no! But thank Stop you. it! Stop it! Have have confidence in your philosophizing. Yeah. So, um, I'm lost. Bundy yeah. tried to throw a bulldog yeah. out by his underwear. Yes. <laughs> then uh, number sixteen came out, which was Mo of the of Mo. Men on a Mission. And he lasts three seconds. seconds. Three seconds, yes. He's thrown out. And he ran in, ran in, came in, ran at Bundy, got eliminated. Lawler popped yes, at correct. that. Yeah, and I did as well. Yes. The number 17 <laughs> came in, which was... Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there's King Mabel. Okay, that's enough. Okay, so we got Mabel. And I noted Mabel that, and Bundy. Uh, yeah, I noted that the fans seemed uh, interested when Mabel came out and all that and see what he, him and Bundy could do to each other in the Royal Rumble match. Right. You got it. Yes. My, they, they stand toe-to-toe. Uh, we got uh, Mabel trying to dump Bundy. He even gets him off his feet. Which I thought was a kind of a cool visual where he kind of like tilts him up, but uh, he rolls back in. He keeps working on him through the next elimination here. 
Yeah. Or the next, sorry, introduction. Which would be Butch Walker Luke. Uh, Butch Walker Butch. Number Butch, 18. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I don't know if you saw my facial expressions like a couple minutes ago, Beverly Hills, but when I was going through looking at my notes to see where see if I had any comments about any, anything, um, I misspelled Butch's name. Okay, what'd you put him as? Oh. I'm, not, I'm not going to uh, say what I wrote, <laughs> but if you switch, switch the second letter, you... To a oh I, you'll understand what I wrote down, and I was sur- I was surprised that I wrote Butch's name as that lady dog. Oh my gosh, amazing! Butcher. But but that uh, lady dog only lasted two seconds. It seemed like hilarious. But yeah, he, he lasted last 19, like, and, uh, nineteen seconds, according to Wikipedia. And, uh, and also at that time, we got uh, an elimination of Bundy in like the slowest elimination Ooh. ever. He, he just kind of like. Wiggles yeah. out of the ring, and, and then, I um, am happy we finally got the payout from the Go Home edition of Monday Night Raw that we reviewed last week of King Kong Buddy and Mabel just slowly swimming, <laughs> being eliminated, and nothing. Yes, so that that made me laugh too. <laughs> so we go to the nineteenth entrant, made in the yeah. USA, the narcissist, the total package. Lex Luger. You got it. Doot. He goes right after doot, Mabel. I put that in there. I'm sorry. So he goes right after Mabel and eliminates Mabel. Yes. And yeah, th- this is where I uh, put in. I'll add some notes about Lex Luger coming in. Yeah, how the fans pop for him. A pretty loud pop. It's like one of the louder pops in the night. Luger, yeah, like you said, came, yeah, in, was. came in, eliminated Mabel, which like he was nothing. You know, what a surprise. And Luger, I, my, my next one about Luger is being, Luger was stupid. He had Michaels up in the Gorilla <laughs> Press slam into Ross. Just yes. like Bulldog earlier, why didn't he eliminate him? Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, and well, that's, I mean, that's one of the tricks of like the Battle Royale and everything is that like you have to make it look like you're close, but when you know that you're not going to eliminate them, how do you make it look realistic? Yeah. It's tough. Well, it's I guess, tough. You guys, well, I know it's not just the philosopher in me. I know, you know, you and other buddies that we've had over the years over for watching wrestling, they all ask the same thing, you know, especially people who really don't watch wrestling. Why don't he just. When he had the opportunity to, why didn't he eliminate him? Yeah, well, it's just I don't know. I guess you know, with wrestling, you can't always use the, you can't use log, real life logic in wrestling. Yeah, use wrestler lo- wrestling logic. Yeah, exactly. So, yes. Then we get number twenty, Beverly Hills. Uh huh. And I wanted to ask, where is Jim Cornette? He's mooing from afar. I do not want to hear his bidding call, Beverly Hills. Is he mooing or is he booing? I was mooing. <laughs> and I was booing with Mantar, <laughs> who's number 20. Yes, yes, he is. Okay, so Mantar comes in. He takes out, t- try to punch his Luger, pounds him down here, but... Uh, British Bulldog stops that, but Mantar comes back on him, gets an elbow, tries to throw him out, but he doesn't. And next out is Aldo Montoya, the man of the Portuguese man of war, aka okay. if you say his name, 
together fast enough. It sounds like his name that you're saying he's just incredible, Beverly Hills. He's not. He's not just the coolest. He's not just the best. He's, he's just, just incredible, incredible, Beverly. Yep, yeah, that was his catchphrase. So Aldo, Mo- Aldo Motoya, the Portuguese man of war, is number twenty-one. And he's such a jobber that he comes in and everybody got a chance to come in and beat up HBK and make it look like they're going to throw him over the top. Not, Aldo not, doesn't even get a yeah. chance to do that. He comes Four in and HBK beats on him. Yes. Which I feel bad for Aldo Motoya, the Portuguese <laughs> war. But by the way, why such a goofy name like that? I have no clue. I was trying to think of why to go with Portuguese because I'm pretty sure that his he's name, not Portuguese. His name doesn't sound Portuguese. No, yeah, his name's Peter Polacco, which I don't think is Portuguese, but. Anyway, do, you have, sure. any, do you have any other notes before entrant number 22? I do not. Okay, next up, number 22 is The Hog, Henry <laughs> O. Godwin. <laughs> And it, which I had to mention, I never realized his initials and Phineas's initials came out to hog and pig until years ago. You told me that's what their initials were. <laughs> yeah, man, hog and pig. Well, I guess I never knew uh, Phineas's middle initial were until you mentioned it. So yeah, they didn't they didn't work that very long. It was just started calling him Phineas, but yeah, hog and pig. Well, I guess it makes. I guess I, I should put two and two together when they skipped on saying Henry O. Godwin, but whatever. Yeah, that's right, I'm, yeah. I'm not that big on initials. Unlike that's mine, DDD, 3D Beverly Hills. <laughs> you are the 3D man. Yeah. <laughs> then, uh, do you have any notes between the number tw- number 23 and 24 entrant, Beverly? I do. We got uh, Henry coming in. He's attacking uh, British Bulldog. Just like it seems everybody either goes after Bulldog or um, Michaels. We got a good Clinton jab. You know, I always talk about the politics, yes. how Vince Vince likes to get his politics in. We got um, <laughs> Lawler's like, Henry Godwin, he's... He's not as even as popular as Bill Clinton in Arkansas. <laughs> and then the man goes, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then they show a shot of Pam Anderson, and she just looks concerned, I yes. thought. Well, I would be, too. Yeah. So now you got the next one. Number up. 23 is the one Billy Gunn. You got it. Now, yeah, how or, or, as, or as my computer says, Billy Gnu. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Billy Gnu came out as number 23, and the event man mentioned that the guns were, were injured in a bullet accident, which is why they weren't in the tag team tournament. But I had a question, but they're good enough to be in the Royal Rumble. Yes. Why risk, why risk another injury in the Royal Rumble when, uh, when uh, they have a tag team title term, tournament match next week on, or ne- ne- tomorrow night on Monday Night Raw? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then I realized who number 24 was. Yes, number 24, Bart Gunn, healed up from his rodeo injuries. Yes, which I'm happy both of them were good enough to be able to enter the, enter the Royal Rumble. And consecutively, and I'm looking at Wikipedia, and they were also eliminated consecutively. Yes, they were. Well, they will get to it, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying. So, so it's a little foreshadow. <laughs> right, 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 right. So we got... Uh, 
Right. Billy G is working on everybody. Uh, this is the point where you can see everyone's starting to get tired because they're kind of just like standing around. <laughs> they aren't even like trying to make it look like they're fighting. Um, I wrote that, you know, Billy Gunn, it only makes sense that he went after Mantar. You know, the <laughs> it's the age old battle, right? Cowboys versus cows. Make, makes sense. Yeah. And then when, then when Bart Gunn came in, Mantar was, you know, he is trying to get revenge for all his cow brothers by attacking Bart and trying to get him out. Yes. It's an age-old battle. And number 25 comes out to his theme song, Beverly Hills. Yeah, Mr. Bob Backlund. Oh, wait, that's right. He doesn't have a theme song. Well, that's why he came up to it. The fans boo and all that, and I was super excited to see Bob Backlund. That when he got on the he apron, kind of strutted out. When he come on the apron, he came on the apron. He touted the crowd. It seemed like he was milking it out for some odd reason. Beverly Hills. Yep, yep. And then we get Hop-ha! yeah from Bret Hart. Now we've realized why Mr. Backlund was milking it out because Bret Hart was supposed to attack him from behind. Yes. So yeah, just like earlier with Owen. Brett came out to attack Mr. Backlund for costing him the WWE title match earlier in the night. I liked his storyline, and I was wondering, Beverly Hills, why hasn't Diesel came out to cost Michaels the Rumble match yet? What? Diesel? Yeah, why, why didn't Diesel came out yet to cost Michaels a Rumble? Oh, well, because he doesn't care. That's Diesel's whole deal is that he just doesn't even give two craps about anything. Whatever, Diesel. Yeah, you got it. Well, I guess it would make sense if Michaels wasn't number one or number two, but yeah, right. Then, uh, do you have any other notes between number twenty-five and number twenty-six? I do not. Just Brett coming out to beat up Mister okay. Bob. Number twenty-six is the other half of Well Done, Stephen Dunn. Yes, and yes. I, was, I was wondering, is he related to Kevin Dunn? No. Yeah. Just curious. No. Not a real name. Yeah. So Dunn came in and attacked Aldo. Um, then he kicked Billy Ganu, um, and we get to our next uh, elimination, which is Backlund getting thrown out by Luga. Which, which uh, I noted, noted that elimination, and it's like the fans were happy that Backlund got eliminated. Yes, and yeah, Bre- they were. The Brahart was still ringside, and he attacked Backlund again for attacking attack costume the title earlier in the night. Yes, and as Backlund is getting beat up by Hart, he's, go- he's like, <laughs> I love Backlund. <laughs> he number, was good, man. Number 27 is my pick to win the Royal Rumble in 1995 Beverly Hills. Dick Murdoch. Dick Murdoch. Why did Dick Murdoch... Or, 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 I, I'm going to ask this question. Where in the hell was Dick Murdoch in wrestling in 1995? Oh, man. I think just kind of floating around independence. I don't think he was in... He wrestled in that 1995... Um, Slambury Legends thing okay. so for WCW, but that would have been after yeah, this. I so that. I don't know where he was in 94, I guess. I don't know the answer, though. So I think Slambury usually happens right around April, May, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Okay, yeah. That sounds right. Well, yeah, because my next note was about he wasn't even mentioned on Raw other than the Royal Rumble reports with Todd Pentengale. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I guess, yep. That was, I guess I was surprised to see a legend like Dick Murdoch show up and, and all that. So, yeah. yeah, it was nice to see him though. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, he, he, he threw some really nice punches on basically everybody. Uh, HPK, 
Bulldog, uh, Bark Gun, um, and then HBK kind of cut him off with uh, the nice kick to to Murdoch's face. Yep. And number 28 was Adam Bomb. Who got a really big face reaction. Yeah. I was wondering, since uh, Adam Bomb wasn't on Raw, you know, the last three weeks, you know, in 19, 19, 1995, I was wondering what was Adam Bomb doing around this time, do you know? Uh, yeah, he had, he had turned uh, face recently, um, and he was just kind of riding that. Not a lot going on. Okay, make, makes sense. Yeah, because I know there's also, you know, WWF Wrestling Challenge and WWF Superstars and Action yep. Zone, and you, you had other shows that, you know, that Adam Bond could have been on that we haven't reviewed. But I was just curious because it seemed like 95, 96 is when Aussie Raw became the number one flagship show. So yeah, I was just right. curious what Adam Bond was up to. Yeah, yep. then, then I don't get, know. T- I don't know too too much on that one. Then we get number twenty nine. Yep, five two. Yep, all oh, with the two managers with uh, Albano and Afa. Was this the first time we we had reviewed a five two match? Big Quiche? No, I don't know. I feel like we've gotten head shrinkers. Oh, it, yeah. I don't know. I guess I can't. I don't know. Don't know the answer. Was was he on the, one of the episodes of SmackDown that we reviewed as Rikishi? I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, obviously, you know, far too is Rikishi. He looked rather well. He, I'm happy he's not as huge as he would later on to become. Right. And in, in 1995, yeah, I noticed yes. for when Far Two came out, he tried to eliminate one of the guns right away. Yes, he did. Yep. Put him on the apron, but wasn't able to do that. And then we get a big elimination. Mantar getting thrown out by Luger here. Moo. <laughs> that right. said moo, not moo. <laughs> yep. Okay, so we get our very last entry. Which was Crush. Crush. Evil Crush, yes. black and gray and purple Crush. Yes. Then yeah, when Crush came out as number thirty, McMahon jumped to the conclusion that Crush would be going to WrestleMania in the main event match. Yes. What the hell, McMahon? Yeah, I, that was a weird situation. Why? That was jump, strange. Why jump to the conclusion like that, McMahon? Yeah, big time. Big time. So what I guess one of my next notes is that uh. Dick Murdoch tried to eliminate Michaels with the roar of the crowd, and Luger stops Murdoch from eliminating him. Even Jerry Lawler questioned that. Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, he was playing the whole Luger and Bulldog thing all night. Yeah, and, uh, but my... you're, so the guns are the guns are fighting though. Right as Crush comes in, and he dumps them both over. Yes. Yeah, it comes it comes hot it comes hot and heavy for a little bit because then Stephen Dunn is dumped by Aldo, um, Adam Bombs thrown by Crush, then Aldo's thrown out. I know right on this time Murdoch was headbutting Jay or headbutting Fat to Junkyard Dog yes. style, which made me yes. laugh. And it didn't work on Fat too because he's an Islander that wrote yeah. down yeah. "You racist bastards." Correct. And yeah, like you said, the Aldo Motoy was eliminated by Shawn Michaels and. Murdoch tried to eliminate Michaels right away again, then Luger saved Michaels from elimination, and for a second time, Jerry Lawler questioned that. Yes. Did you note the nice dropkick Murdoch gave to Henry L. Godwin? <laughs> yeah, 
Yep, that's when uh, when Hog got uh, dumped always by that. Yeah, so yep. that made me laugh. And yeah, right around that time, the McMahon, the McMahon was pondering, was trying to imagine Jake Murdoch winning the Royal Rumble and headlining WrestleMania. Oh my gosh, it would have been hilarious. It would have been too. <laughs> and I, my, my note about that was maybe back in the seventies or eighties. Yeah, yeah, that's probably about right. But sadly enough for Dick Murdoch, wrestling didn't come around until halfway through the 80s. Yeah, exactly. Past, past his time, so whatever. <laughs> so are you ready to say who the final four are, Beverly Hills? Yeah, this is about right when you Skyped me, though, so okay, well, you're going to have to take the lead. <laughs> okay, Shawn Michaels, Lux Luger, the British Bulldog, and Crusher of the final four. And, and I remember renting this on the VHS and was always scared because Lux Luger and Crush were more fresh than Michaels. And, all that. and, I, was, and I was afraid that somehow the rumble ending would change just to piss me off. That, <laughs> that Beverly Hills is insane. <laughs> so, yeah, then Lu, yeah, Luger got eliminated when he was doing the Jim Ross famous 10 punches to Crush and all that. And Michaels came up and, and pushed him off and all that. Okay. Then after that, Crush and Michaels formed an alliance to team up on the Bulldog to to eliminate the Bulldog. And Lawler, uh, Lawler, I had to agree with, was uh, mentioning that uh, Michaels should have formed an alliance with the Bulldog because it'd be Ooh. easier to eliminate the Bulldog instead of Crush. Right. Then, then right around that time, Crush turned on Shawn Michaels, and had, he had him up again. Jesse the body up in that gorilla press slam position. About, yes. to, about to eliminate Shawn Michaels. Then Michaels fell back behind him. And Bulldog eliminated a crush out of the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yes. Then we get the final two, which were the first two entrants of the Royal Rumble, being the heartbreak thrills, Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Hills. <laughs> And the no, fans, I was not there. And the fans popped for this. So that you were finally seeing history. Yes. And I think the yes. only other time something like this would happen with the first two entries being the last two were, I think, would have been 1999. <laughs> Vincent. Vincent Stone Cold? Yes. Okay. Then, uh, then yeah, Michael, not Michael's, the British Bulldog had a second wind and almost, uh, almost eliminated Michael's. You know, he had him up again in that Goretta press, press slam. Was going yes. backwards with it, dropping him on the top rope to crotch and Shawn Michaels on the top rope. That, <laughs> that could have ended wrong, Goretta. Yes, it Then could've. seconds later, Bulldog closed on Michaels over the top rope, which was on the other side of the hard camera, which was Mart. And, and all that then, which made me question about their camera angling, how Michaels got eliminated in the in the... Bell didn't ring, and you know, yeah, Bob came right. over and was taunting, you know, was posing on the turnbuckle. His do 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 was playing. Yeah, and for some for some odd reason, Shawn Michaels ran in and jumped jumped over and hit Bulldog, who was on the second rope posing, <laughs> and pushed him over the top rope. And 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 Vince McMahon, Daddy O, was freaking out. Was wondering what was going on, Jack. Yeah, I'm sure he had no clothes going on. In Beverly Hills, the bell finally rang. <laughs> what happened? Do you remember what happened? I do remember what happened. HBK only got one 
foot down. Not before three pulling quarters, himself over. Not three quarters of a foot. Not a half a foot. Not ninety nine of of one hundredths of a foot. You got just, it. Just one, which was, you know. So yeah, Shawn Michaels won, and I have to give credit to Shawn Michaels for. No, I think the. Let's see. Let, let me roll up on Wikipedia. Bulldog and Michaels competed for thirty eight minutes and forty one seconds. And Correct. I, and I have to give. Michael's credit for keeping himself in the match on skinning the cat and still yeah. being able to hold himself up like that with only one foot hitting the floor. Because he had cameras over there, you know, just for they won't have a repeat from the rumble from the year before. And I had to give Sean Michaels credit for being worn out, almost competing for 40 minutes, and still only able to keep one foot on the floor and get himself back in the ring. Right on. Which, which was awesome. So, Shawn Michaels was the winner of the Royal Rumble, Beverly Hills. What do you rate the Royal Rumble match? I don't rate Royal Rumble matches. Okay. Sorry. That's fine. <laughs> I guess I rate I just, think they're, I just think they're different. You know, everyone's different. I don't think that, um, it's I don't know. I just, I just treat them as, as like a lot of different things going on. Okay. Absolutely. Well, Okay, I won't rate it, rate it then. But you can do whatever you want. No, you go that's ahead. Fine, that's fine. Okay, but right. I did, you know, say that Michael's won, and only one. A shot Michael's feet have hit the floor, and we get a go-to replay of it with the cameraman learning from last year and saw the footwork of Michael's, which I thought was amazing. I love it, yeah, and it yep. shows the strength and the endurance of Michael's and all that, and shows what kind of athlete Shawn Michael's was, mm-hmm. and how people say that you know wrestlers aren't real athletes. Well. I got to go back to this, this spot, mm-hmm. you know, right. competing for 40 minutes, you know, doing that, you know, running, running the ropes, beating each other up, well, fake, granted, fake, you know, not really beating each other up, but doing that for 40 minutes and how to pull yourself up like that, I can't see, it'd be hard to see any other athlete pull that off. Right. So yeah. I, I did mention at the start of the Royal Rumble that Michael's, I heard, I think either an interview or Michael's first book about the 1995 Royal Rumble and uh, and how Michaels obviously knew weeks before that he was going to win the Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and Michaels told McMahon that why let's make him the number one entrant to make Sean look as strong as possible going into WrestleMania if in case he does lose to the WWF champion. Sure, okay, because he wanted to. He wanted himself to be look as strong as possible as a number one contender to face the champion just in case if he, if he loses to make the champion look sh- that much stronger. Yep. To, you know, ma- you know, trying to make himself as strong as possible so if the champion beats him, the champion beat a strong, ch- strong challenger. Mm-hmm. And if Michaels won, it would show how much, how much, you know, what he went, had to go through to become the champion and show what kind of strength Michaels had, you know, going you know, going coast to coast of the rumble and you know, going through that battle, climbing up the hill, then going up the hill even higher to face the WWF champion and winning the title at WrestleMania. Which, yep. I'd, which I'd agree with, you know, up that time, nothing like that ever happened. Yeah, right on. So I wanted to, wanted to mention that. Then, uh, yeah, then... Pamela Anderson didn't seem that interested in being in the ring with Shawn <laughs> she Michaels. She didn't seem that interested the whole time. I would, yeah, which I would agree with you on makes that makes me one. laugh. And yeah, he celebrates yeah. the ring after the Rumble win. Michael seems yeah. super tired, and the pyro goes off, and Pamela Anderson leaves. 
It made me, <laughs> yes, she did. It made me laugh that Michaels' song started to replay when the show goes off the air, Beverly Hills. Heck yeah, yeah. So we might as well take a quick break, a quick breather, if we can catch our breath, and if we can do the final segment of the show, Beverly Hills. You got it, man. We'll be right back on Main Event Status Radio. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. This is a Dirty Dog Darcy on Main Event Status Radio, and I am here to tell you, listeners of Main Event Status Radio, that you guys should be off the grid like Jesse the Body Ventura. That way, the NSA can't track you guys, can't trace your calls, and cannot figure out why you guys are listening to the greatest podcast of all, Main Event Status Radio, here on MainEventStatus.com. He then talked about the Hulkamania Stroke, which sounds lewd. Someone needs to make a song out of the Hulkamania Stroke. Yes. Let me ask you a question, Hulky. Are you a bad guy or a good guy? I'll sign a lot of things. Signed a lot of contracts. I never thought it would come to this. Thought it was you, man. This both of you, you're both sick. You're both sick. If you wanted a title shot, all you had to do was ask me. Promised that Elizabeth would never be in a dangerous position. You broke that promise, then you're all Hogan. And who had to come in and make that critical save? My macho man, Randy Savage, covered for Hogan again. I didn't give you anything, man. Welcome, everybody, to the thrilling conclusion of Main Event Status Radio on the Royal Royal Rumble of 1995. We're doing past to present. Hit it. Uh, Before we do the past to present, Beverly Hills, I had a lot of fun reviewing the Royal Rumble 1995. I did too, man. I am excited to... uh, Also excited... To me, it meant more watching the Royal Rumble 1995 this time around than years passed, times passed, since we watched a few Ross beforehand. We... Knew, finally knew what, kind of knew a little bit of the backstory of going into the Royal Rumble this year. Yep, everything's about context, man, and now we know the context. So, which was fun. And uh, mm-hmm. let's, let's do the jo- our jobber first, Beverly Hills. Okay. My jobber is Mo. <laughs> Just be, you know, I, I want to do something, you know, pick a, something, someone funny, you know, something funny for the jobber for this week. And I had to pick Mo because he was only in the Royal Rumble for three seconds. Awesome. Granted, so, granted, so was Owen Hart, but he was attacked by Brett on the way to the ring. So Owen had a legit reason why he was eliminated right away. My jobber is Lex Luger. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yes, Lex Luger. Why Lex Luger, Beverly Hills? Because he looks strong, but he just didn't win. You know, I just... <laughs> I think you got to pull it out, man, and he did it. He's he's the jobber. He, he won the he was a co-winner last year. Yeah, well, you know, did he did he fight for the championship at WrestleMania? WrestleMania ten, he did. Yeah. Oh well, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, whatever. But yes, I I guess I had to agree with you on Lux Luger. Well, I picked some, somebody more funny, but I do I can see where you're coming from with Lux Luger on when he had, he had Shawn Michaels up in the go right up press slam and hurrah. 
and all that, you know. <laughs> so I'd agree with you on that, that, you know, Lux Luger wasn't thinking all the way through. Yes. So correct. I had a tough time picking my main event set of Star Beverly Hills. Okay. It started, I started out with a four-way tie. Oh, okay. But I'll say my four guys were, I'll do some explaining. I'll say I, I did narrow it down to one person. All right. Okay. My four. Actually, wait. One, two, three, four. Actually, I yeah, have six people, Beverly Hills. Okay. Okay. British Bulldog and Shawn Michaels. For, you know, them starting out the Rumble and ended the Rumble and, and all that. They're great performance. Okay. Bret Hart and Diesel. Because I thought, thought okay, their yep. WWF title match was great. And, yeah. and Razor and Jarrett for their great Intercontinental title match. Got it, yeah. And I kind of explained a little bit with those matches. I narrowed it down to Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels for yep. Razor because I felt like he helped made Jeff Jarrett into an uh, Intercontinental Championship contender and a legit champion. And okay. helped build Jeff Jarrett into a mid-card level superstar on WWF television. Okay. And Shawn Michaels for outlast near in the Royal Rumble, I guess, and the Bulldog. But I thought, you know, the performance that Shawn did was great. So those two were my tie. But, Mike, I have last few podcasts I had ties for many of instead of stars. I wanted to narrow it down to one person. <laughs> All right. It was Shawn Michaels. Okay. For, okay. You know, yeah, for wrestling for, sure. for 40 minutes, pushing 40 minutes. Showing off his skills and endurance, with only having one foot hit the floor, that was great. You know, I can't see that many other superstars in 1995 WWF could do what Shawn Michaels did at the end. That's my main event status star. You know, I've had, I felt like out of the six guys I narrowed it down to, I felt like Michaels, in my opinion, was the best choice for, for the main event status star at the Royal Rumble 1995. Sweet. Who's All right, my main event? event, my main eventer is British Bulldog. Fair I enough. thought uh, he, you know, was involved in a lot of stuff, made a lot of uh, eliminations, just looked good throughout. I'm I'm with him on that. That's my guy, British Bulldog. I like that. Then we might as, well, might as well do some past or present segments or segment. Okay. And before yeah, we do, before we do, I like to kind of mention that. We were taking a break from the top five list for a while, fans. Yeah, right. So, you know, we're, we we didn't forget about the top five list. We're just taking a quick break for a while. We want the top five list to mean something, you know, to have it come back yeah. every once in a while and all that. So we didn't yes. forget about it. Yes. So the pastor president's present segment. Yes. I guess my first question, well, it was going to be my last question, but I want to ask this first, Beverly. How would you have booked the Rumble differently? The pay-per-view from start to finish. How would he booked it differently? Oh, my God. Well, this is quite the freaking loaded question, man. <laughs> what can I say? Oh, Lord. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. You should have. This one needed to be sent to me early. How are you going to rebook the entire show? Well, <laughs> I guess I. I don't understand. Oh, man. I guess I'll answer that with. With some of the other questions I'll questions I'll ask, so <laughs> which I guess will lead into my next question: What's your opinion on the placing of the card? As in, starting okay. with, you know with the highs and lows that we saw in this match, in the pay per view with right. the Intercontinental Title match being a high, then low with the IRS Taker match, high with the take the World Title match, low with the Take Title match, and a high with the Rumble match. 
Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I thought it was you know they kind of wanted to put that um, tag team match right before the Rumble match because of the Lawrence Taylor involvement and what we'll see at WrestleMania 11. So that makes sense. Um, you always want to start with something you know kind of hot, and I think the Jarrett Ramon match uh, fulfills that. So yeah. I'm okay with that. I think I like the order. Yeah, so sad. Granted, I felt the Intercontinental title match was better than you did, but I, I'm sure you and I can agree that it was out of the out of the. Well, I didn't obviously pin the world title match on the first would be kind of silly, since mm-hmm. they yeah. had one tit- world title back then. But out of the other right. two matches, I felt like yeah, the Intercontinental title match would have been the best way to start out the night for the pay per view. Started off hot, then you know, then kind of you know bring it down a little bit with the IRS Undertaker match. And you know another high with the t- world title match and low with the tag title match. Like I kind with my first question, you know how would I how would I I would have booked it differently. I guess maybe I don't know if I would have booked it differently because like you said I feel like the angle with ba- with Bam Bam and LT before the Rumble I think would have would have hurt the the Taker IRS match and would have hurt the WWF title match if we would have saw that beforehand. Right. Uh huh. I agree. So I guess the last past to present question I have is, what's your thoughts on the storyline running through the rum- the rumble match itself, like what we saw tonight? Um, I like that. I like when they do that. Um, the you know the story of um, Bulldog and yeah, Sean, yeah. Sean both both still being there. That's cool. I like that they, you know, you kind of want. I think something telling the story other than just like, here are the 30 guys. You know, I, I think you, you like to have something. So yeah, that's, sh- uh, that's the, a good example of it. Should the WWE continue to do that nowadays with the current rumbles? Well, I think they always try to. Yeah. I, think, I don't I don't think there's ever a time where they wouldn't to tell you that they're telling a story. Uh, yeah. It's you know it's different from year to year, but I think they're always trying to do something like that. Okay, I guess what's your opinion on the more modern Royal Rumbles, do you, do you feel like they told good stories in the last few Rumbles that you've seen? Uh, a few of them have. Um, I think it all just goes to, like, what the product is like at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, last year obviously would have been better with Brian being the no, the guy no. instead, instead of Batista. But, um, yeah, I think they do their best. I think it has a lot to do... With like I said, who is there and yeah. what you know the whole product is like this year? It'll probably suck because the current product sucks. Yeah, well, I, I guess <laughs> one of the last rumbles I really enjoyed was, was I think it may, may have been the forty man Royal Rumble when uh, when towards the start of the match, how CM Punk and Nexus because Punk was the leader of Nexus, how you know they dominated the first like half or so of the Rumble and each time it was just. Punk the Nexus. Punk sat down in the middle of the ring with the microphone and was yakking until the next entrant. Yeah, that was a good one. I, remember, I watched that one. Yeah, in, I, in my real Royal Rumble rewatch. That was a good one. I liked that one. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. And I think the I think it may have been 2011 when the year Edge won the Royal Rumble. Where okay. Michaels, I think, it was one of the later entrants and was built up to WrestleMania 26 and Michaels wanted to face The Undertaker really bad because he lost to. Undertaker the year before at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 25. 
And, and sure. I, like we talked about earlier, Undertaker was a world heavyweight champion, and Michaels felt like the only way to get his WrestleMania rematch against the Undertaker would be winning the Royal Rumble again. Right. And how Michaels lost and, and all that, and how the push of action in the ring stopped. The camera, the camera work was on Shawn Michaels, and the announcers even played it off like, "Holy balls, what just happened?" <laughs> yeah, how, it seemed like the announcers even played off that Michaels probably was supposed to be the winner of the Royal Rumble, but obviously mm-hmm. he wasn't. But how they play, the camera work played it off, how Michaels played it off, the other wrestlers in the ring played it off. In fact, they they told a good story like that. So. I guess kind of tying in with the questions I've had, I don't think, you know, the whoever the winner of the Royal Rumble doesn't have to be in the first half of the Rumble. You know, I just feel like it would be cool. I enjoy the Rumbles where they tell a story with throughout the Rumble, even if it's right. one or two, maybe three different stories for different parts of the Rumble. But I, the Rumbles I've enjoyed, like the two that I mentioned there, you know, this year, the Rumble that we reviewed in 95, the 92 Rumble with Ric Flair, I enjoy the rumbles where the where there's a story that's told throughout the rumble. Sure. So I guess that's just my thoughts. Sure. Sounds good, man. Do, do you have any questions that you like to discuss? Nothing this week, man. Okay. Then uh, something we forgot to do last week, Beverly Hills, is plugs. Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Which is fine. Whatever. People know how to get all of us. I'll see you guys. Yeah, nice to remind. Nice to do a reminder. Yes, you guys can listen to us on MidEventStatus.com. That's our website. Again, it's MidEventStatus.com. Another way to listen to us is is SoundCloud.com slash Radio. That's all one word. SoundCloud.com slash Radio. A third way you can listen to us is subscribing to us on iTunes. Rate us, review us. We want to beat the Ross report because we're tired of Jim Ross's <laughs> saucy and sassy attitude, Daddy O. We are tired of the Ross report. My Dean Bell has more charisma than Jim Ross on the microphone, Daddy O. Oh, why? That's debatable. Whatever. I said it. It's, on, <laughs> it's recorded. It's, it's out there. Whatever. So you yes, can, uh, it is. That's three ways you guys can listen to us. You guys can hit us up on social media on Facebook.com slash Radio. Like us there. Talk to us there. Chat with us. We, we want to hear from you people on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio. And Beverly, how can they talk to you on Twitter? You can talk to me at Beverly Hills M-E-S. And for me, it's Dirty Doc M-E-S. Doc as in D-A- W G for Gangsta. <laughs> Dirty Dog awesome. MES. For Gangsta. <laughs> yes. Dirty Dog MES. That's amazing. The, Dirty Dog MES on the Twitter. And yes. I had a fun time reviewing the Royal Rumble above early holes. I had a great, great time, as always. As always. And next week on the podcast, we'll be reviewing the Raw afterwards. Yes. So next week's podcast will be a, a little bit shorter, people. It'd be okay. Yes. I'm, so, I'm, I'm wishing for a shorter one next week, too. But, hey, this was fun, Beverly Hills. It's not, it was extremely fun. Love this it. is the second pay-per-view we reviewed, so it's not that often we review pay-per-views, so this was fun, Beverly Hills. Exactly. I had a great time. So did I. And for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. My Mount Dew Code Red 24-ounce can is dry. That means <laughs> it's time to go home, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Alrighty, we'll see you next week, man. For Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll talk to you guys next time. 
on Main Event Status Radio. Peace. I'm just a dirty dog, dirty dog. I'll make you wolf, make me wolf. Just a dirty dog, dirty dog. I'll make me wolf, make me wolf. Oh, hey, guys. It's the Dirty Dog Pengill here once again with the final Royal Rumble Report. What was your guys' thoughts on the amazing Royal Rumble performance done by the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels? Whoever thought you'd enter the Royal Rumble as number one, it wasn't the whole thing. I feel bad for the British Bulldog. Great performance by Shawn Michaels. He's be walking into WrestleMania 11 with Pamela Anderson on his side. That lucky son of a gun. I should enter the Royal Rumble myself. And one other thing, but hey, what the heck. I don't think I could have done what Shawn Michaels did. Only one foot touched the floor. Great job, Shawn Michaels. Also, what's your guys' thoughts on Bob Holly and when the one, two, three could one of the tag team titles against the Native American Tentacle and Bam Bam Brickle. Who'd ever thought that the kid and Hollywood have scored an upset? Great job, guys. And Bam Bam Bigelow's actions against LP Lawrence Taylor. What a shame. I hope Bam Bam Bigelow, the Million Dollar Corporation, has to pay a huge major fine for doing what they did against LP live on pay-per-view and on the WWE Network. Also, the WWE title match between Diesel and Bret Hart. What a shame with all those runs from Shawn Michaels, Owen Hart, Jeff Jarrett, Bob Backlund. That is sad and is sickening. I wish the referee could have somehow kept his control, kept things under the wrap. I wish we would have saw an actual finish in the match. It's sad that the match ended the draw. I hope Diesel gives Bret Hart another title shot to see who the actual true reigning and defending WWF champion would be. But hey, Diesel still champion, so WWF company still ran on diesel fuel, diesel power, whatever. And also, the match between IRS and The Undertaker. It is sad that the Druids played the part that they did, because if it wasn't for them, Undertaker would have been had a clean finish with it. Then the Intertimental title match. It is sad. I'm angry. I'm disgusted. I'm pissed off that Jeff Jarrett did what he did to win the Intercontinental title. If it wasn't for the roadie, that Razor Ramon will still be the Intercontinental champion today. Jeff Jarrett, you'll get what's coming to you, homeboy. But hey, this has been a fun experience down here at the University of South Florida at the Sun, at the Sun Dome. I can't wait for what's next. Thanks for thank you guys for again for the Royal Rumble Report. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, I like that. that's fantastic. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen. 